Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Welcome to the Colton Collective Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Dave AC and the Sixth Doctor. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Colton Collective Podcast. Yes, it's Sunday, and we have a list show ahead of us. You could call it a bit of filler between now and our next uh, encounter with the Doctor. But it's going to be a fun list anyway. Hello, Dave. Oh, yeah, and it, you know, it was rather nice to hear a vanilla opening for once. Yes, one without any messing about. Hi, Ian. Hi, everyone. <laughs> it just means he didn't have to do any work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's had a lazy day. I gave him the morning off. <laughs> yeah, but there's no, unfortunately, there's no, no Wimbledon to watch. <laughs> Ah, uh, poor man. Poor man. No tennis. No golf. Just nothing but time in his hands. All right. Yep. Let's see who else is joining us. At the top of my list, it's Mr. Darth Skeptical. Hello, sir. Hello, sir. How are you? Very good, thank you. Glad you could make it. Very good. And also joining us, Jeff, the Seventh Doctor, Part 7.7. <clears throat> <laughs> yes, I'm in mid regeneration. Yeah, and don't call him Shirley. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh dear! Oh dear! 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 dear. <laughs> well, joining us on the phone is Kobo. Hello, Kobo. Hey, Ian. Hey, Dave. Hi. Oh, I'm doing well. How are y'all? Not too bad. Not too bad at all. Also joining us, it's Mr. Cuddly Ken. Hi, Ian. Hi, Dave. How are you doing today? Good, thank you, sir. Glad you came along. Glad to be here. Thank you. All right. That's all it's on audio. Hmm, maybe yeah. Willis Girl will join us soon. Maybe if I unmute her in text chat. <laughs> uh, yes, Willis Girl's just slipped in under the cone of silence. Control's new agent training program, section 3.5, the cone of silence. To activate, simply lower the cone and speak clearly. What? Do not overuse the cone of silence. What? Do not shout in the cone of silence. What? In fact, don't even use the cone of silence. What? It's never worked right. I don't know why we bought it in the first place. The portable cone of silence. What? And joining Willis Girl in the Cone is Carplanche. Mad Hell is here. Uh, light Leader, but no sign of Cybob. 
Isn't that a sign of the apocalypse? No sign of Cybob? Hmm. <laughs> well, you all better behave under there without Cybob being there. That's all I'm saying. Because you get mad if you guys mess up the place under there. So. <laughs> ah, Light Leader is Carl Black, better known as Mystery Presenter. Ah. Yes, sir. All right. There's only one more person to introduce, and that is the typing language. It is I, Leclerc. <laughs> it is I, Le Carl. <laughs> hello, hello. Uh, dear. Yeah, dear. Uh, yeah, we we <laughs> we're on holiday, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Dave's brain is at least. <laughs> All right. One person who's not on holiday, he never gets a break. It's the typing monkey. <laughs> Go, go Typing Monkey, go. go! Go, Typing Monkey, go! Go, Typing Monkey, go! Mm. about timing. It's, yeah, all about timing. timing. Yeah. Kobo, you have some news for the folks at home. Okay, um, Copper airs tonight. It's 10 o'clock Eastern Time. I don't know what it is on this Pacific feed, but it's Season 2. The show is... Amazing. It's about a Civil War era copper in New York. And I'm sure this season will just be as full of surprises as last season was. If you want to rapidly catch up on season one after the show, it's available on Netflix. So that's always an option. So yeah, check it out if you're interested. Right. That's it. Thank you, sir. Dave, you have some brief news. Uh, yeah, brief news. But since uh, since we're mentioning programs, just to mention that here in the UK, part two of a ten-part series, The White Queen, starts at 9 p.m. on BBC One. And uh, if you're a Game of Thrones fan, apparently you would like it because it's um, it's uh, about the uh, time of the War of the Roses here in the UK. And um, it's a little bit um, sexed up like they did with the Tudors, so you may like that. And uh, it's somebody's birthday. It's Josh Weldon. Uh, ah, you've, you see, you've, you've, he's, got, he's got me all harassed now, because he said I was pronouncing it furlough instead of turlough. So um, it's the uh, birthday man. Yes, it's Josh Weedon. Just Whedon, it's, it's his birthday today. I think he's 49 today. Born in 1964. Oh, there you go. All right. Thank you, sir. All right. Um, as I said last week, um, that, you know, we didn't have an awful lot of news, nothing major and breaking. And, of course, that something would probably break right after the show. It, in fact, did. Uh, it... Uh, it turns out uh, David Tennant won an Emmy. Uh, David Tennant has won a daytime Emmy for his voice work on Cartoon Network's uh, Star Wars The Clone Wars. Um, so, yay! Uh, Tennant also was named Outstanding Performer in an Animated Program at a ceremony in Los Angeles for voicing... Oh, God, I'm going to screw this up. Darth? <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce that. H-U-Y-A-N-G. Hang? Yeah, no. Oh no, uh, Huang. Huang, thank you. <laughs> yeah, talk about the the, the android in. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. The young, what would have been the pilot for the Young Jedi series, but it never went anywhere. Um, so yeah. Which is a shame because if that had actually gotten picked up as it, in the in the original vision of things, what was supposed to happen was that it, there was going to be a new series that was set in the Clone Wars era, but that was involving Padawan. So it was going to be kind of skewed towards a younger audience than the Clone Wars. And David Tennant would have been a prominent regular on that spinoff. But because Lucasfilm then sold out to Disney, and we know now that they've changed around and we're going to get a new series that's set you know, in the interregnum between the two trilogies, um, that Young Jedi series has gone away. David Tennant has lost his regular gig, but he picks up an Emmy, which I think is a little bit of an insult, frankly. But, you know, whatever. Uh, if I were if I were like Ashley Eckstein or um, James Arnold Taylor or somebody who's been slogging away on that uh, series forever and just turning out week after week of great voice artistry, to have David Tennant swan in for one week and pick <laughs> up the Emmy, seriously, I would be pissed off. So from a Star Wars perspective, I think it's a great injustice. From a David Tennant fan thing, you know, great. You know, he's the first doctor to pick up an Emmy. Great. That's that's fine. But it is an insult if you are a fan of Star Wars and Clone Wars, kind of. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I'd be a little ticked off. A little bit. <clears throat> Show up here day after day, do the work. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, yeah. James Arnold Taylor is just, you know, he's a phenomenon, really. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, you know, David Tennant's not even doing a voice. He's just doing David Tennant. Uh, and and James Arnold Taylor, you know, is there, you know, he's not just doing a a new version of Obi-Wan Kenobi that fuses together Alec Guinness and, um, hello, I've lost his name, Ewan, yeah, Ewan uh, McGregor. McGregor. Yeah, you know, into this new midway point between the two characters. I mean, it's not enough that he's doing that. He's also doing, you know, brand new characters almost every week, incidental characters that have at least as much screen time as this robot did for David Tennant. And yet he gets nothing, nothing. I mean, it, it really is just, it boggles my mind. I saw it and I didn't know how to feel. Didn't even get a gold watch, you know. Yeah, I mean, seriously, didn't even know, didn't even get told he was getting fired. You know, until yeah. he was in an airport and looked up in the airport, you know, CNN said, oh, by the way, Clone Wars is canceled. And he's like, what the fuck? It's canceled. Nobody will tell me. Obi-Wan Kenobi does not know with a force when he's going to lose his job. How is that even real? Um, so, you know, the only thing is it's great for David Tennant, you know, and I, I, I think it's I think it's kind of cool from that perspective. But, man, it is yeah. insulting. Alrighty, um, just lightly touching on this whole missing episodes rumors thing, on again, off again. Of course, you know we had uh, um, basically everybody thinking, well, it's just a rumor, but we're hopeful. Um, and then, of course, uh, earlier this week, Ian Levine stepped up and said, "I've seen proof, and I believe it." And then, of course, we had a statement from. Uh, TIEA, who basically created a Facebook account just to basically come out and say, no, we don't. We don't have anything. We got nothing. The facts are we have nothing, absolutely nothing. 
And so, yeah. Um, and then, of course, Levine turns around and says, I've been had. So we're back to basically not having anything, which is what we had before. So, oh, well. <laughs> uh, just, it, it, it angers me slightly that, uh, you know, that everybody believes it. it, it well, everybody thinks of it as, as a rumor and but a hopeful one until somebody puts a little weight behind it, like, you know, you know Levine. Um, and, you know, because he has proof. Um, and, of course, it turns out not to be. But, oh, well, never mind. All right, uh, moving swiftly onwards. No, no, no. Uh, we, we, we should, come on, let's marinate there for a little while. I mean. <laughs> if you so desire. Wow. Am I ever pissed off at Ian Levine? I mean, seriously. <laughs> I, I, you know, I didn't, you, you told me about this whole rumor. I didn't even go looking for it. But then once I started to go looking for it, I was like, oh, wow, this is, there might be something here. There might be something here. Is there something here? There could be something here. I kind of doubt it. It doesn't sound like it's coming from the right area of Africa, and there's these claims about Patrick Troughton episodes, which doesn't make any sense because they weren't sold to Africa. And you know, you got all these little uh, things that are going through your mind if you followed this story, you know, over the years with any kind of detail. And then all of a sudden, Ian Levine has to stick his massively large frame inside, and it is, uh, it, it, you know, becomes this thing that looks like it might be for real. I mean, I think he he single handedly sort of seems to have uh, really made that a much bigger deal than it was, right. and that I, I just a, I don't get. I had a friend of mine saying, "Oh, it's not his fault." I'm like, "Well, the problem is, is that you know, having found missing episodes and being involved with the show and basically putting himself and other people putting him up on a pedestal of sorts." that mm -hmm. when he puts his weight behind something, then it gives it more credence. And by doing that, by saying that he had proof and that, that it, it was going to happen, that, that's, that, that was the turning point of the, going from rumor to fact. Um, and that's what makes me mad. And then he turns around and says, well, I'm all sad now and, and you know my day's been ruined. I don't want to talk about it anymore. It's like, well... Yeah, you don't get that. Well, but excuse me, yeah. what happened to the proof you had? Why don't you discuss? Yeah, he created the whole mess, and then he sulks away. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that he created. I mean, who created oh. is bleeding cool. I mean, they started hmm. it. You know, they're reporting. It was actually Rich Johnson who's guy. Who's no, but him some... saying there's proof, right. blew it up right. to a point that we would have ignored it, and went, oh, it's just rumor mill, and went, hmm. oh, geez, maybe there's something really to this. And it gets our hope up, yeah. and that—that's—that's that's the fact. I mean, he could have just kept his mouth shut, which he mm -hmm. should have, and uh, bided his time, and then it wouldn't have became uh, yeah, the big brouhaha it did. If new episodes had to come out, we would have had new episodes, and he would have gone, "Yeah, I knew about that." Yeah, but no, he has to try and be in there before anybody else. And yeah, but whether there are or not or what. We basically are at exactly the same point before. We don't have any new episodes, whether they may or may not be found sometime in the near future. I just really don't think that there's that much um, cloak and dagger stuff going on about some episodes of Doctor Who. I mean, there's still speculation, of course. People are like, well, oh, it's a big cover-up. And, of course, you know, well, you know, if they've got them, they're not going to say. Why would they care to cover it up? 
You know, what would be the point? Why not just say, oh, yeah, we found some and we're working on it. You know, um, yeah. the fact that we've had a bunch of denials now uh, means it's it's fairly back, way, way, way back in the rumor mill, the kind of rumor mill you go, uh, oh, well, move on. Hmm. I don't see. I'm not so convinced that it's even back there, though, because now, you know, how did it even get? Because it's not just. Don't forget, Ian Levine is not the origin of the rumor, nor is he the person who actually initially stoked it. He's just the, you know, the one that added his his weight to what was essentially Rich Johnson's reporting. And the thing is, you know, Rich Johnson is himself somebody who. Maybe he's not always right, but he, he is somebody that doesn't just release things in order to gin up press interest. I mean, you know, he, he does have some formal ties to the BBC and that, you know, he's written for IDW Comics. And he, so he does have some kind of maybe peripheral, uh, but nevertheless solid um, credentials with the Doctor Who production office. And, you know, they could quite easily say at any moment, you know, to IDW, I don't care if you've got, you know, a submission from Rich Johnson, you're not going to let him publish because he's on the blackball list or whatever. So he, he could have been screwing himself out of a job. It was not in his interest, really, his financial interest to tell a lie and then to come back and say, OK, well, there was that rumor. But now I have I myself have even more proof. And then it was only after that that you had Ian Levine coming in. So it's like, well, there are two points of um access to this rumor and so what what exactly happened and then there's that whole connection that happened about perhaps it's related to the falling out uh between caroline skinner and uh stephen moffat uh, you know because it was apparently the doctor production office in cardiff that was handling it not the bbc archives and that's why you had you know people like paul vanessa's who normally is you know, sort of the at the forefront of the, uh, you know, battle cry to get new uh, missing episodes in. But that's why he was shut out was because it was being handled personally by the producers of Doctor Who. Um, so there's, this, uh, there's this, these things that are just sort of swarming around in the background that kind of still haven't really been fully answered. And you can drive yourself crazy kind oh, yeah. of looking at this thing. And it, it would have been better for everybody involved just you know, do what you did with the last two that you found. You know, th- we know that they set on um, the, um, what the hell was it, Steel Sky and uh, Underwater Menace Part 2, whatever. They, they set on those for months and months and months before they actually said, okay, we got these two. Right. Uh, and it would have been, you know, better for everybody involved if, the, if that had happened. But I don't, I just, there's something not right here. You know, and I don't know what it is, but I would rather be in the state of mind where I wasn't even questioning it. All right. The only other, the only other thing that's actually come out of Ian Levine, and I don't know what it's in reference to. Um, I've got you know, theories on that, but uh, um, he posted a rather quizzical uh, thing saying, "I hate to be uh, the one accused of leaking news before it's public, but what is Nikki Wilson's involvement with uh, now with Doctor Who?" Hmm. Yeah. I mean, he, he, that, that's the maddening thing about Levine. The maddening thing about Levine is he's doing it by Twitter where he's only got 140 characters, and so, you know, therefore he's not, you know, conveniently sort of. 
not saying all they could be saying. It's just it's so maddening. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like if you know something, say it. If you don't, shut up. <laughs> but it's true. That's another thing in the you know all this. There's this you know why has there been the rotating producership at mm-hmm. Doctor Who and, under Moffat? You know, is it because he's just disagreeable to get along with, or is it because they are handling this massive thing that requires lots of secrecy and lots of levels, much more, you know, something that's outside the remit of a normal producer, that a, a normal producer would have no experience handling, and they're forced to handle it in order to get all these episodes back. And it's just, the whole thing is a bunch of crap. <laughs> and it, it, You can't quite leave it alone if you look at it and stare at it hard enough because you do start seeing something in the tea leaves and it's maddening. That's the whole thing with the guy from Big and Cool. It's like, you know, the more I look at his posts, the more, more, you know, really kind of, I feel sorry for him because he's quite, you know, possibly sitting on all the information that he, you know, he's being very careful about. But it's like, why bother if, if it's, if it's all just fake and he doesn't, still doesn't seem really convinced that it is. And that's what kind of yeah. niggles at the back there. You're kind of like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and even even if you look at it, I mean, the most declarative thing is the what it was they called TMI TEI whatever it is, right? The the shipping company. Okay, yeah, that's the most Morris. declarative statement. TFI is it? maybe I don't know. I mean, anyway, TIEA. Yeah. Oh yeah, TIEA. Yeah. So that's the most declarative thing. But if you look at the BBC stuff, like that's not really that, you know. Yeah, this is kind of like, we can't confirm. We can't confirm. You know, it's like, come on. Right, and Matt Smith is going to remain the Doctor in Series 8, too. I believe you. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? The, the yeah. problem with any BBC statement these days is that, honestly, you can't trust anything they say. I mean, I mean, I mean if, you, if you really want to start take apart um, Philip Morris's, you know statement, um, his opening statement is, TIEA does not hold any missing episodes. Why? Because you passed right. them on to somebody else? Right. Because I personally now have them? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's like, the whole thing uh-huh. is like, uh... <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like you could go round and round and round and make yourself crazy. But like I said, it's like, you know, they're either missing or they're not. And if they show up, then great, we've got them. Great. We've got them back. Yeah. They're there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if, if it's not, then we same as we were before, you know? Yeah. And then you throw, throwing out their... their, their, their the audio copies they've got, then we're good. <laughs> oh, and then, oh, you know, the, the other wrinkle to this that was just fueling this fire, too, was, so you know that Doctor Magazine is doing these special editions, right, which they do once a quarter or whatever, and so they printed this, whatever it was, I think it's the third, issue 34, which is William Hartnell missing episodes where they basically just strip the uh, telesnaps that they have and then tell a little bit about each one of those stories. And, you know, in the front of it, Spilsbury, Tom Spilsbury, the uh, the uh, editor of Doctor Magazine, says, well, we don't know if there's going to be another one of these volumes, uh, you know, for the Troughton episodes because, uh, you know, it depends on the sales of this. Because really, it's not any new information. If you've been collecting Doctor Who Magazine, you've, you've got all this stuff before. They're just taking stuff that was in you know, maybe like Doctor Who Weekly number 45 or whatever, and they're putting it into this new edition and, you know, doing it as a part of the celebration for the 50th anniversary, so it's all very timely and nice and everything. And even if they were going to do, you know, issue 35, which would be, I guess, Troughton Part 1, because they can't do all of Troughton in one, 
um, it wouldn't be coming for another quarter because that magazine is a quarterly publication. It always has been since Panini started it. But then suddenly, now they're going to release the Troughton thing like in a month. And so that's making everybody say, <laughs> why are you releasing this in a month? Did you really get enough sales already? Have you already been able to determine what a <laughs> runaway hit the Hartnell thing is? Or are you releasing it because now we're going to get back all the Troughtons, so therefore you won't have a market for this thing next year. You have to do it now. So that's just been going through the mind, too. Yeah. You know, it's just what in the world is going on with you people? It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, actually, anyway, I, I kind of hope we do find the episodes just because that'll prove that, like, somebody was really good at kind of put the lid back on this. <laughs> they were in yeah. a lot of trouble, and I'm like, that's some commitment. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, you know. You guys worked on this, didn't you? <laughs> you know. And and you know on top of that you got the tantalizing thing by Moffat you know right before I guess Gallifrey wants so this is what February or something and he comes out and he's like oh it's not just going to be one episode for the celebration and you're gonna get a ton of Doctor Who you're gonna get a ton of Doctor Who and it's like really because there's been no filming so where's this ton coming from oh it's coming from a shipment from Africa where we get ninety up you know so there's that factored <laughs> yeah, into the whole thing it's just. Or we could just be insane fans. I mean, and maybe that's, you know, what what would be, you know, ironic and sort of metatextual about the whole thing is maybe what Moffat is doing by all of this, if he indeed even cares and is orchestrating any aspect of this, is that he's trying to give us the experience of being a Doctor Who fan because it's been so long since there's been a, you know, 1990s level of hysteria around finding new episodes. Right. I mean, we got the, the surprise last year or whatever, but, you know, to have this thing, to, to remind people what it's like to, you know, chase down rumors or whatever. So maybe he's just engineered a false hunt just, you know, to coincide with the 50th anniversary. And that's the deal. That's, you know, because that is a part of Doctor Who fandom, right? I mean, the, the false right. hunt. I don't know. Uh, there, was, <laughs> there, was, there was a Facebook post or someone that said, um, you know, are there missing episodes out there? I don't know, but you stopped talking about who's going to be the next Doctor, didn't you? <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, so. look over here. Yeah, seriously. Look at this boat from Africa. It's more exciting than the next Doctor. Yeah. <laughs> it's more exciting than Rory Kinnear. <clears throat> right. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Brief news, my arse. <laughs> I know. But on the other thing, the other thing that you know, we've not even talked about it, and I would have almost expected Dave to come in on this. Um, even though that, that statement from Philip Morris, and by the way, seriously, if you're going to be trying to tell people that you're not a liar, does you, do you really want your name to be Philip Morris? But anyway. Um, <laughs> the, uh, when you did most of it in upper, upper case as well. It's like, <laughs> right. It's like, hey, what is going executive on? executive director, learn how to type. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, the thing that he didn't squash in that is the notion that actually he may have gotten other things back. I mean, not Doctor Who, but right. he. I think he does su sort of suggest that he has found something, um, and that's kind of exciting, you know. But you know, Doctor Who fans don't really look at that, even though it's probably more important if they would find, you know, more the, of uh, Adam Adamant or something else like that. There was there was uh, this, this 
was it the Sky at Night or something like that? Sky at Night, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, which is, yeah, the, yeah, the line in it is, um, I've also become aware of uh, the trapping of some of our clients' shipments. Uh, these are local cultural materials sent to us for migration to a modern format. Whose local cultural materials? Uh, migration to a uh, modern format as the playback equipment in the country of origin no longer exists and is at such you know, the best road to preserve uh, international cultural heritage. Then they get best too, you know. That, uh, yeah, I mean, well, Our Doctor clients. Who is local to local to the United Kingdom. It's local. Yeah. Um, but even even so, local that, cultural I mean, materials. Yeah, but I mean, you know, even as like a, a sort of broader film historian, a broader film student, or whatever, to think about the amount of stuff that they are dealing with, you know, if it requires, you know. Measurement in terms of tons, as it apparently does, uh, that's incredible. I mean, I, I bet that if you were a student of film, at some point you're going to look back at whatever this is, whether it has to do with Doctor Who or not, and you're going to say, this is one of the biggest cultural finds of material in black and white, probably, or assuming it's in black and white, um, ever. And, you know, it could be, especially if you are a, a student of African television. You might be blown away by whatever this is. So whatever has happened, it is in some way big. It is in some way having to do with the preservation of materials uh, that are uh, you know, important to the body of televised history, global televised history. And so it, it deserves some kind of appreciation at some right. level. And unfortunately, it's been marred by this hemming and hawing largely by Ian Levine. You know, over, am I losing my friends over this because I spoke the truth? And it's like, come on, I don't care about your relationship to Paul Venises. I, You know, I really don't care. If you screwed him over, you screwed him over. I don't, who cares? But, you know, figure out what you're going to say. Stick to what you're going to say. Don't go back and forth on the matter. And don't make it out like you are some sort of victim in, in this great uh, search for Doctor Who stuff. You're not a victim. You chose to speak. You chose to speak in such a way that you were being deliberately mysterious so as to drive up your traffic for your Twitter account. Come on. We know what's going on. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, we're going to leave that behind. Um, and who knows? We'll probably revisit it. Who knows? Somewhat sooner than we think. See, I'm going to be cryptic too. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> All right. Uh, in other news, um, Prince Charles and, uh, and uh, the Duchess of Cornwall are to uh, visit Doctor Who Studios. Uh, the Prince and Duchess uh, are to pay uh, an official visit uh, to the Doctor Who Studios in Cardiff next month to mark the show's 50th anniversary. It will form part of the uh, Royal Couple's annual Wales Week, in which they tour the country to publicise its positive aspects. Uh, it already shows that on Wednesday, the 3rd of July, they will be meeting the cast and crew members of uh, Doctor Who during a set visit uh, to the Rothlock Studios. Um, so uh, while they're there, they will meet Matt Smith and, oh, there seems to be a typing error. It says Jenna Louise Coleman. That's the other news. It's no longer Jenna Louise Coleman. It's Jenna Coleman. Somebody lost their Louise. Yeah, uh, yeah in an interesting turn of events, it's not just Jenna Coleman. Not a I like Jenna Louise Coleman. Go back. <laughs> Yeah. I like it because you, you can say JLZ. I'm not going to just yeah, say JLZ. Yeah, that's cool. 
JC makes her sound like she's a you know retail yeah. outlet. I'm not gonna got to do that. <laughs> JLC, come on, go back. We like it better. Uh, the question is, has she actually changed her union name? If she's still JLC in the equity, that's what I'm calling her. <laughs> now she suffers from a god complex. No, I don't know. Oh, but <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, that was interesting news that, uh, that, that, that came across the wires. Hmm. Uh, let's see. Uh, okay, I'll use that one as the last thing. The, uh, the message from the doctor. Uh, da, 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 da. Let's see. Um, other news. Other news. Other news. Oh, some people round up. Uh, you can uh, bid on tea with the doctor. Uh, afternoon tea at the Ritz in the company of Matt Smith is being auctioned off in aid of autism charities. Uh, the auction is part of uh, Curious Night at the Theatre, uh, a one-off performance taking place at the Apollo Theatre in London with Jude Law performing live, as well as uh, filmed performance uh, from Helen Mirren, uh, uh, Ben Wishaw, and Matt Smith. Uh, Tea with the Doctor will be auctioned along with several other uh, celebrity lots after the performance, and bids can also be accepted online. Uh, at uh, celebrity s e l l e b r i t y dot org dot uk, um, and it's jump time to the Ritz is the the, the auction area that's on. Uh, yes, um, death comes to Pembury. Uh, Jenna Coleman is to play uh, Lydia Wickham in the BBC One adaptation of Death Comes to Pemberley, uh, the sequel to Jane Austen's Pride and Prejudice. The drama based on the best-selling novel by P.D. James involves the well-known characters of the English classic and a new tale of murder and emotional mayhem. Uh, Walk for Life. Four former Doctor Who actresses took part in the Walk for Life uh, last Sunday, uh, joining forces with uh, Gay Times to uh, raise money for the Terence Higgins Trust, uh, a charity concerned with sexual health issues. Freema Edgeman, uh, Sophie Aldridge, Louise Jamison and Katie Manning uh, walked the uh, 10-kilometer route uh, to the center of London uh, from Bloomsbury uh, Square Gardens to Waterloo Bridge. Uh, and donations can still be made uh, by clicking on the relevant actress's name above, which is on uh, DoctorWhoNews.net. All right. Uh, let's see. The Queen's birthday honors list for 2013 saw veteran actors Julian Glover and uh, Claire uh, Bloom, both made uh, commanders of the Order of the British Empire. Uh, David Haig, uh, who played uh, Pangle in the 1980s story The Leisure Hive, was made a member of the Order of the British Empire. Uh, Saturday, unfortunately, we got news that uh, uh, the actor Angus McKay has died at the age of 86. Uh, Angus McKay appeared in five episodes of Doctor Who. He played uh, Chancellor Barusa in the 1976 story The Deadly Assassin, and uh, he also played the Headmaster in Washington Dead, opposite Thurlow. <laughs> Sorry, had to be done. Had to be done. <laughs> Away from Doctor Doctor Who, of course, he had uh, numerous television credits uh, productions such as One Foot in the Grave, Only Fools and Horses, Howard's Way, The Professional, Stiptoe Son, Sweeney, Minder, Zed Cars. And as mentioned uh, before the show, and um, coming up in about an hour and ten minutes. Um, there is going to be a uh, live commentary uh, from Daphne Ashbrook and Yi Ji Tso. Um, it's uh, on Google Hangouts. If you go to uh, regenerate, 
It's R-E-G-E-N-E-R-E-I-G-H-T. Um, it's actually a definitely, you can look through, uh, link through Daphne Ashbrook's site, at daphneashbrook.com slash appearance slash regenerate. Um, takes place at uh, uh, 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, which is in about an hour. Um, they will be doing a live commentary um, of the TV movie. Uh, and they will be joined by uh, Ken Deep uh, from Dr. Pachok and Gary Russell. So, yeah. Um, for those of you who are here right now, if you want to nip off, we completely understand at 4 o'clock and, and go and take part in that. Uh, the event will also be uh, simulcasting on YouTube and Daphne Ashbrook's site. So you can... Um, you can check it out through uh, all of those ways and forms and stuff. All right, Dave, since I've done a lot of talking, you can cover the last bit, the segue. Oh, all right. I was just thinking when you were reading that uh, Angus McKay and uh, all the programs he'd been in, like uh, One Foot in the Grave, Only Fools and Horses, Howard's Way, The Professionals, Step to and Son, The Sweeney, Mind and Zed Cars, they're probably all on a shipment from Africa. <laughs> <laughs> Most likely. What we're missing? One, uh, we're missing only fools and horses. <laughs> nah, you know what I mean. Was, <laughs> yeah. I thought it was funny. Yes, um, and um, the uh, the doctor, the eleventh doctor. Even though we've not seen the last of him yet, we've still got him uh, for some time. He has uh, filmed a little recorded message. I put the link in the room. Um, Matt Smith recorded a thank you message to Doctor Who fans. Um, and uh, it's mostly visual, and it's very much like a, a very famous songwriter would have done. And we've already got a comment in the text from Logan. Just watch the message from the Doctor, and man, does he look like the Ninth Doctor in that haircut with the ears. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and a, and a sort of bombajack. Yeah, he's, um, he was currently filming a feature film, How to Catch a Monster, directed by uh, Ryan Gosling. But... Um, I put the link in, and you can watch that. It's just uh, under two minutes along. Already? I think we need to hear from Andy. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, unless anybody else has got any pressing news, we'll move on. Uh, Just short news today. Yeah, just short news. Not not much going on, really, to be honest. No, nothing. (laughs) Alrighty, then. If you want to become involved in the Quantum Collective, here's how you do it. If you enjoy listening, why not join the collective and participate yourself? We're on TalkShoe. Call ID 54821. Call in on 724-444-7444. This is a US number, area code 724, so do check your calling plan before dialing in. If you have a SIP client, you can call in for free on 66.212.134.192. Or you can connect in directly via the shoe phone find if you have TalkShoe Live installed. Looking forward to hearing you. All right. And with that all said and done, it's time to move on to today's topic. It's a list show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, it's a list show. So we're not going to uh, go in any particular order. What we want you to do is uh, jump in when you feel there's a, a film you want to comment on. Yes, we're going to um, Den of Geek to... Uh, a link that, as Ken has reminded us, uh, was put up um, uh, late January, uh, right at the end of January 2013. So there is 
there are perhaps one or two things that have uh, changed in status since this, but it's called uh, 111 movie sequels currently in the works. Uh, there are listed over three pages. Now we're not. It's not one of these where we're working from the the lowest up to the highest. Uh, you know, with number one, they are listed alphabetically. Uh, so we're going to go alphabetically. In fact, we even may start numerically and then go to alphabeticals with the let, uh, numbers one to ten, prefixing the A to Z or A to Z for our American friends. Um, so. With no further ado, uh, people in the room, what we will be doing will be fairly moving briskly uh, on with these. Uh, basically, just throwing up the names of ones, and uh, if you feel as though that particular um, sequel merits a comment, whether it's why are they bothering, to uh, this is one I'm really looking forward to, to um, they've done three, I thought the storyline was finished, uh, why are they uh, doing it again? And um, basically, we'll pace our way through. We've got, um, as we're coming up to uh, 40-minute mark, we've got uh, time on our hands. Uh, hopefully, one or two people may well also extra ones come on audio. So, Willis Curl and Logan, that's a, a hint to yourselves. And um, what we'll do, I suppose, is in I'll 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 slug out um, quite a few, and then. Um, when I need a drink of water or something stronger, I'll um, pass over to yourself. Already. Like so remember, no, no sequences then. So hopefully you've all gone to the page. For those people listening to the recording later, probably the easiest thing for you to do is to go to Google and put in 111 movie sequels currently in the works, Den of Geek. So it's www.denofgeek.com and I'm sure you can find it. And... Uh, we're going to go. And now, uh, there's blurb on some of them, so unless anybody stops me and thinks I should spend more time on it, I may just mention a few of them by the title alone. If I feel as though they warrant more, I will read a little bit, which will give time for people, certain people to unmute and uh, jump in. So, fingers on buzzers, starters. And uh, we start with, as I said, numbers. Here we go. Uh, ten. 10 Things I Hate About Life, 21 Jump Street 2, Alice in Wonderland 2. Now, uh, that's the one that we, we had with uh, starring jo Johnny Depp. Uh, Tim Burton's live-action take on Alice in Wonderland starring Johnny Depp uh, it will certainly make a heavy impact on the box office, so much so that work is afoot on Alice in Wonderland 2. Um, now, um, and then... Uh, the Disney has ordered the screenplay from Linda Wolverton and then has the job of trying to lure Burton and Depp back. Don't expect this one too soon. Makes you wonder if it's going to follow through the looking glass or take it in a completely different direction. Good point. In fact, you're quite right there. Uh, when, when we say these are sequels, and obviously uh, we're assuming that something like Alice in Wonderland 2 is a working title, it may indeed be called Alice, Alice, uh, Alice Through the Looking Glass or something like that. But for, for the sake of this list, they're listed with the original title with a number behind it, whether it be 2, 1, 5 or 14, depending on how many have gone. So yes, and uh, as well, some of these sequels are actually not just the second in a franchise. Uh, could be a lot further down. So, and the original 21 Jump Street was 
fairly awesome. If you're into goofy, like, Rush Hour 2 style, Rush Hour style comedies. Buddy Cop. Br- uh, Bromance. Or yeah, it's just it's buddy Cop. It's Buddy Cop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Lethal Weapon, what have you done? <laughs> okay, well, following on from that is uh, The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Uh, Mark Webb behind, back behind the camera for Andrew Garfield's second adventure as the Web Slinger. Amazing Spider-Man 2 shooting in 2013, Which ahead of its release in 2014. Yeah, it's actually, it is currently filming. So right. That one, as, as we said, you know, this one's a little on the older side. You know, we, when we when we comb the internet for these lists and and and, and show ideas, sometimes it like, takes us a little while to get to them. So. Some of these are in the works, which this one is. Right. I think it was already in the works when this list was made, because I don't think it's been... I don't think they've actually updated it. They were already saying that. Uh, again, we're moving on fairly quickly, so jump in if needed. American Pie 5? Really? I thought they got married. The divorce are up to now, is it? Probably. <laughs> uh, of course, it uh, does have one of Ian's favourite actresses in it. I'm assuming if... Uh, Alison Hannigan. Hannigan. Oh, I'm giving Hannigan. Hannigan. Yep. Whether she's bringing the flute or not, we don't know. But uh, have to have the flute. Ah. <laughs> one time, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, then we've got Anchorman Two. Um, a brilliant commercial. I saw like a thirty-second trailer for it, and it was. Ron Bergerman trying to be multicultural and it failed spectacularly. Looks hilarious. Looking very, looking very forward to this. I love the first one. Yeah, it's got Steve Carell in it. I think actually on the Graham Norton show uh, they had him and uh, his co-star on and I think they showed a, not a clip of the film but they showed a still of them uh, walking down the street. Uh, Steve Carell having a very... Uh, curly hairstyle in it. Uh, Kristen Wiig is his love interest in the film. Uh, his character uh, joined the cast. And uh, for those that have seen it, the the news the newsman rumble is priceless in the first movie. <laughs> it is really, really wonderful. Looking forward to this. Okay. Uh, then we've got um, Austin Powers 4. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how I feel about that. No. Part of me is like, yay, and then part of me is like, oh, God, another one. Yeah, I think we, then we kind of, you know, finish all this off. I think it's uh, been beat to death already. Yeah. Right. I don't know, I'd be up for that. I mean, oh, yeah, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, like, I would not see it. But it's just like, don't ruin it, you know, it's like... Get to this point, it's like... If he has a new take on it, you know... It'll be in 3D, I'm sure. Okay. Uh, Although in, in, in the article, it does it does say that they, you know, at the time, of course, that they put this together, that they, you know, there was uh, no... It, they didn't know whether Jay Roach was uh, attached or not, and I just... I'm not sure if he'd do it without him, but... I don't know. Right. Interesting. It'd be interesting. Yeah. Okay. 
Avatar 2, 3, and 4. As he pushes off screenplays for at least two Avatar sequels with possibility of a third, James Cameron is finally set to... (laughs) Fern Gully 2, 3, and 4. (laughs) And, yeah, yeah. And and not the TV series Avatar either. Uh, so start production, uh, the biggest film. All time. I, I liked Avatar, although the the plot was, um, I mean, plot that's rather strong. But it, it did. That's the <laughs> that, that actually is the is the best film I've seen for three D. It's been the best convincing three D film I've ever seen. Any other film, it seemed to have been attacked on adding, but for Avatar, for me, it made a. Marvelous, especially when you're the flying on the, uh, you know, the sort of uh, the dragon things. To yeah, me, I, that's I loved it, but where can it go? I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. I loved it because the hero was in a wheelchair, and any movie with a hero in a wheelchair is kind of inspiring because people in wheelchairs in movies are usually evil. Um. People, so for once we get a hero in a wheelchair that needs the avatar, and, and it's actually the more successful John Carter of Mars movie. I, th- I thought Xavier out of X Men. I thought he was a bit of a hero. Yeah, <laughs> <coughs> yeah it's true. It's true. But yeah, you're right. There, there have been a, a few, haven't they? Like uh, the one in Unbreakable, is it? Uh, no, he was a villain. That's right. That's what I meant. He was a villain. Like God was yeah. usually a villain. Yeah, that was. A, I love that movie. Great movie, Unbreakable. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. There, next there, one, I think. Oh, you, 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 oh, sorry. Who was that? Huh? You gonna say something, Cobo? I just thought it was really refreshing to get a hero that was. Yes, Xavier has like mental powers, but it doesn't do much physically. And it's awesome to get a cat and watch you doing something awesome and physical, and it was just great for that reason, but that's more personal preference, and the plot was rather weak. But moving sw- swiftly onwards, because I know we got a lot to get through. I do. I mean, yeah, please do. Can okay. you mute Cobo a minute? All right, The Avengers 2, I'm taking this one for Dave because he has some issues. Joss Whedon has <laughs> already started to put together elements of his already eagerly awaited follow-up to The Avengers. Uh, there's a small matter of Captain America, uh, Thor, and Iron Man sequels uh, for Marvel to get to first, as well as uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and Ant-Man. Uh, but you can expect developments in at least four of those to make it into uh, uh, the new Avengers movie. Uh, inevitably, uh, inevitably, inevitably, see? No, I'm having problems. Details are light at the moment. Uh, so the fact that the movie is definitely arriving in the summer of 2015, um, it's kind of like it's a given with the popularity of the first movie that they're insane not to, you know, not to do one. And plus, it's nice. We we've got this. Uh, I kind of like the fact that we've got this. You know, it's not just a sequence of Avengers movies. We've got these other. You know, this whole universe going on, which is really, really cool. But, you know, they feed into this, you know, they probably don't make it into this big event where everybody's going to come in again. I don't know. I'm looking forward to it. I don't care. 
I'm really looking forward to it. It's not funny. Um, Some interesting latest news is that uh, Robert Downey will not be back for an Iron Man 4, but definitely signed for Avengers 2 and 3, and most likely 4. But he will not be back for Iron Man 4. So they're continuing Tony Stark in the Avengers movies, and whether or not they're... Oh, go ahead. I was just saying, are you meaning that there will somebody else play? We can't have two. Maybe they won't even Iron make it. Maybe time. they won't even make yeah. it without him. Yeah. Because they're doing their, I mean, they're they're doing their. This is phase two. Uh, then they'll go to phase three of the Marvel film series. Each one they quote unquote is their different phase that they'll substitute uh, most likely the way you're having Guardians of the Galaxy and Ant Man and you're not having another Hulk film. Um, I really... It's all conjecture, but I just don't see them doing another Iron Man movie, at least in the present time, while Downey is such a commodity uh, for them, and also that he's going to be in the Avengers films. I mean, he'll be integral to that and tie it all together, but um, yeah, is is anybody else going to come in for the Avengers? I mean, like for instance, with Superman and the new well, yeah, uh, Man well, of Steel. There's evidently, there's evidently on the rumor mill that they're going to have uh, Quicksilver and the Scarlet Witch uh, coming into it, and maybe the Wasp. Uh, I've heard. Um, other than that, I mean, other other characters come in. They're having um, it's maybe Darth wants to mute because I'm going to say a plot thing of the Winter Soldier that's kind of important on this. Give it, give him a time. How many? Few seconds. Thirty seconds. How long are you going to talk about it? I mean, just just a, a couple phrases. Okay, Darth. And go. <laughs> okay, the whole concept of Captain America, the Winter Soldier, is the character of the Winter Soldier is Bucky, who apparently died in the first film and in the history of the comics, and he comes back to life. He's a um, thrall, at least in the comic he was, of the Red Skull, and then he becomes a hero. So I could easily see that character also being part of the Avengers in the future. But I'm sure they'll add to the lineup the way they added Hawkeye. And, you know, there's there's some talk of money and how Disney is maybe handling people and things. And they have a kind of musical chair approach, Marvel and now Disney, I guess, because of how you've had, this is like the third person playing the Hulk in the films. And... um, also, you had someone, uh, you know, Don Cheadle taking over and playing Rhodey in, in Iron Man 2. So nothing seemed to be written stone. Un- unless they make you so much money, they would never get rid of Robert Downey Jr., you know. But what something he stipulated, now this, this is something that I've read. I can't say it's, it, it's something, you know, uh, that I can just quote, but in more than one article... Part of his package 
and his demands for money for this Iron Man and for the Avengers movies is to make sure that his co-workers who play Captain America and Thor, etc., get a good piece, that they are treated fairly, that that they uh, have their terms, that they're uh, financially taken care of. So he's kind of working for them, too. You okay, know, let me he, just uh, let Darth back in now. You, is the spoiler yeah, that, bit that's done? That's it. That's it for the, any spoiler. Okay. I mean, if they get too many in the Avengers movies, surely they'll, uh, it's going to be a bit unmanageable. Unless they're going to do like Sapphire and Steel. Well, not Steel, you know what I mean, where you you pick the ones that are best able to take whatever threat is to the planet, if you know what I mean. I mean, I mean, yeah, you're, you're many, right. I mean, Mission Impossible type of attitude. Yeah. Is, you know, that used for the best. You know, if it's a cosmic menace. Of course, you're going to have Thor always there, and you're going to have Iron Man's strength, etc. And I, you, you can't really have the Avengers actually without the big three. It seems Iron Man, oh, Captain yeah. America, and Thor. That that yeah. seems to be kind of, you know, the core. It's like it's like having Justice League without Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. Right. And I'm sure that's on the list somewhere, but it's not. It's not a sequel, but you know something. Anybody else want to throw anything in more about the that particular franchise before we move on? Okay, well let's go on to uh, what was the part one was one of Darth's favorite films, I think, Bad Santa, and it's Bad Santa too. Got a feeling that might be coming out around Christmas time. Um, Billy Bob Thornton reprising the lead role again, uh, which says no confirmed start date. So I suppose actually they'd be filming now if it was going to come out for this coming Christmas. Uh, Ian, you must want to talk about the next one, Beetlejuice Two. Yeah, you must have an opinion. Know. Yeah, Beetlejuice. I mean, Beetlejuice. The second Beetlejuice movie has been talked about so many times over the years. You know, uh, was it Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian? <laughs> um, I don't know. It's it's one of those things that I believe it when I see it. Um, apparently, this must have well, it's probably coming up later. So I'll, I'll stop it for now. But yeah, I mean, it's a, it is a great movie. Um, I just don't know if there's any point. I mean, I could see if you did a complete reboot, you know, and and you know, redid the whole. Thing um, for a new audience that, that that would work, but to do a second one now, it, you know, it's I don't know. I'll see. Yeah, you know, it would be cool, especially if uh, if uh, they bring um, 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 what's his name back, uh, Michael Keaton. Yeah, Michael yeah. Keaton back. I mean, it's almost I mean, so long that, ago. Why don't they just do a remake rather than have a? Which means that I mean that's what I think is going to end up happening is that we're going to get a we're going to get a complete reboot of it and it's going to be a new actor and you know you know to be something something else. Yeah, I mean I I don't know whether in this list we actually will will find out that some of them are complete reboots rather than sequels. Uh, I suppose you 
pays your money and takes your choice. Now, this is another favourite of uh, people in the room. I think, again, another Darth one. Uh, the best exotic Marigold Hotel 2, which, of course, had that uh, rather marvellous set of cast. Uh, the young boy from uh, Slumdog Millionaire and Helen Mirren and Colin Firth uh, set to join the cast for the sequel. Fantastic uh, film. Ah. Okay. Uh Right, uh, again, uh, I'll only pause for a very short fraction for people to come in. Um, Bill and Ted, three. Script now appears to be in place uh, for... What's that for? Uh, I'm trying to read ahead. <laughs> Script now appears to be in place. Both Alex Winter and Keanu Reeves are keen, and it might be just full speed ahead. I can't see uh, Keanu Reeves doing... You know the 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 teenage childishness that that may have worked before, which now, I mean, presumably it'd have to be his son. I mean, what age is he? he must be forty five now, Keanu Reeves, and this really is a teenage movie. One would have thought. Um, but there you go. Uh, next one, Black Dynamite Two. Know nothing about that, so I'm going to pause and then move on. Blade Runner 2. Uh, well, do you mess with a classic? That's the point. Uh, can you any thoughts on that? Do you? Please no. Please no. I I love Blade Runner. Loved it right when it came out. I'm tired of Ridley Scott's endless different versions on DVD and this kind of retro. Uh, Underneath uh, his his whole um, thrusting the idea that Deckard is a replicant, when neither the scriptwriter nor Harrison Ford, that was never an intent. And I mean, if, if you want to go and have that feeling about the film, and that's an undercurrent, fine. But Ridley Scott is under commentary and interview going. No, that's the intention of the film, and if you're going to push that on people with a sequel, it, it, it's also something about, I, I love the first film, and we're coming back years later. Is it going to be about someone else? Is it going to be about Deckard? Are you going to get Harrison Ford back? What's the point? Uh, would Now, would have, what would have been interesting is a prequel film with Rutger Hauer right after they made Blade Runner, we're talking about years ago. Yeah. Or if you're going to do something, it, it's this sequel years later when it doesn't seem like it would be a viable property and it would just kind of poison the love of the original. I'm, I'm not really filled with, uh, thrilled with Prometheus either. I I thought that film was rather a mess. I think it didn't, you know, serve a connection to Alien well. What about an out-and-out, out, just a remake of Blade Runner? Would you be opposed to that um, I as don't, well? I don't see the necessity because it's already in an adaptation of Philip K. Dick's book. I'd rather see them do something original. 
And, but if the, if the point is we want to use the Blade Runner name, why did he wait so long? Ridley Scott well, is still a very, very good director and does, does some really exceptional work. I really love Gladiator. Yeah, but when he's not a money, um, grubbing. Oh, I I don't know money grubbing. I mean he, I mean the the point of filmmaking is the best synergy between art and commerce. Let's not kid ourselves. But but I would call him money grubbing. It's just it's just the point. It's going to take a lot to sell me on it. I, I went into, to, I'm not going to get into a whole thing about Prometheus, but I went into that, always, and I go into every film with saying, please show me something wonderful. And by the end, it was like, oh, this is really a, kind of a mess to me. Yeah. And, and about, and, her, about her oh, come Ford coming back, um, Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. That's all I'm going to say. Um, I, I I have to say I like that. Sorry about that. I enjoyed that. Shoot I, I I enjoyed it too, Ken. Yeah, it was uh, a fun I, movie. I I think I, what I really loved about Crystal Skull Kobo was Marion Ravenwood. I am so smitten with her in the first film. <laughs> I love their relationship. I love that whole thing. That that was the key to the movie, and. Uh, you know, the the trappings and everything, okay, but they nailed Indy, and they had Marion back for it, and the idea of Indiana Jones having a kid to carry on, that, that, I, I like that. I like that. It, it had some good stuff in it for me. I didn't have a problem with it. Yeah. I mean, to me. Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> yeah. Could they pick a different kid? <laughs> yeah, well, well. He was hard. I mean, at, I, he was hard at the time. Just going back to Blade Runner. I mean, yeah. I, I don't really see. It. I mean, I suppose a remake might even be preferable to a sequel. I mean, yeah. they did it with Total Recall. They did it with Reimagining Planet of the Apes. I suppose there'd be a younger. I mean, I don't think it's for people. If I could be as general as that, uh, of of anybody you know in the late mid to late thirties onwards, because. Uh, they'll probably be rather just go back and watch the Blu-ray or DVD or whatever. But uh, maybe, you know, the under-25s would be quite happy to see a Blade Runner with, you know, kick-ass CGI but and all Dave, that kind you of just, stuff. Dave, you just hit on it. Not maybe a redo, but like you said, Planet of the Apes, a rethink. Um, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, I thought was a brilliant film. Oh yeah, the Tim Burton, that was great. the Tim Burton abomination. I'll ignore immediately. <laughs> yeah. uh, but Rise, I can't wait for the next one. I'm invested. Oh, you won't have a bigger fan of the old series. This does nothing to negate it, and it you know, similar type of thing with Cronenberg's The Fly. You know, whatever you feel of the original Vincent Price classic 1950s David Edison film, the Cronenberg one was a totally different take, attitude, etc. And that was really well thought out. So if you do Blade Runner, or call it Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep, go with the original title. I know that's not going to sell in a million years. I'm being facetious. Mm -hmm. But if you did something and call it Blade Runner... And you have the characters, and maybe you have more of the Rutger Hauer 
replicant character and you have different takes and things. Yeah, that would be preferable than, you know. But God forbid you're going to do what they did either with Psycho, with Vince Vaughn, or or that wretched, uh, horrible uh, redo remake of Wicker Man that they did, you know, or or the Omen for that case, you know. Don't don't do that, you know. Let the movie be it be its own creation. Don't just yeah. Cop, you know. I'm talking about the sort of lesser of two evils in some cases oh, yeah, with Blade yeah. Runner. A, 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 re, a, a reimagining of it might be better than to try and have a sequel and try and recreate, you know, that world as it was. But I wouldn't want Ridley Scott then. It would have a, yeah. have a new director, give a new vision, you yeah. know, something else. Um, I haven't seen Man of Steel. I hope I'll love it. But what I dislike so much about Superman Returns, the last film, is they were so invested uh, with the Chris Reeves Superman films, and I love the first one, um, that they couldn't let it be its own film, go in its own direction, and have it have its own heart and feeling. Yeah. Right. I, I, don't know, I think that, I need I, to move us on. Oh, go on, Jeff, quickly. Uh, real, real quick, uh, that's why I liked Superman Returns, because it, yeah. I liked the Christopher Reeves movies, especially one, two, one and 2. So uh, that's why I liked that film. Okay. Okay. Uh, Born 5. Now, I'm quite surprised with it, because I didn't think the, the fourth one had done that well. I mean, I must admit I haven't seen it. Um, I mean, I like Matt Damon in, in the role thought the, the 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 first three were excellent i mean it, it, you know the 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 thing going around when the first one came out was you know out bonding bond that was a sort of strap line that they were trying to promote and uh it was a very classy thriller uh to my mind especially the first one fight scenes i thought were were just on the edge of believable in terms of uh, the energy levels and not being out of breath, but the, there's no doubt about it that even when uh, Casino Royale came out, one of the fight sequences in the staircase seemed to be Had almost paying tributes to yeah, yeah to Bond. Um, I don't know if there's anybody here who's, who, who can rate the fourth Bond film without Matt Damon, and I wonder whether it deserves a fifth outing or not. I didn't see it. Did you see it, Dan? No, I've not seen it. No, I, I mean, I really like the first three. The, the Matt Lovely. Damon ones are, are great. Yeah. yeah. Anyone in the room on audio that uh, wants to comment on Bourne? I get, about, I get about halfway through the fourth one and couldn't watch it. Right. Okay. I, don't, I can't put my finger on why it was a horrible image. Well, it was just bad. Well, well, you're, well, the thing is about the other movies, you're invested in his character, in sharing the mystery with him. He he loses yeah. his love, and 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 there's 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 also these wonderful guest stars, people on his side in this cabal against him. So mm. that that was really really good in those movies. You know? Absolutely, yeah. Okay, let, let, I must move us on, I think. Uh, Captain America, The Winter Soldier. Um, I suppose that's hand-in-hand hand with, like we've talked about, with the Iron Man and the Avengers. 
uh, Captain America seems uh, I saw the first one and uh, really enjoyed it didn't think I particularly would because from me in the UK Captain America you know had this persona of being you know a, a very a very American hero uh, even more American hero than Superman or, or some of the others but um, I, I enjoyed it um, I don't know about um, I'm assuming that that will stay pretty much the same with Chris Evans it says returning to the role and I think he did a great job of course he was he played um, Flame On didn't he in uh, from the uh, Fantastic Four Fantastic Four yeah Torch Torch yeah yeah uh, the only films I've not really liked Jessica Alba in the uh, those are likely in all of the other films but I think she was a bit miscast in. Uh... Oh, well, oh well, Casablanca two. No, no. <laughs> I mean, oh dear God, no. Again, I mean that. If they're going to do it, that should be a remake, I suppose. Like. Uh... Uh, I'll leave it alone. You know what I mean? They did a TV show years ago. That'd be like trying to remake Twelve Angry Men, and I don't think you would get a stronger cast in there. I mean, yeah, although apparently the cast when they were making Casablanca, they were just churning out, uh, you know, they made a film every six weeks, sort of thing, didn't they? And they just churned them out. They didn't know they were writing uh, in something that would be uh, that special. Just sometimes you throw the ingredients in the pot, and they make a souffle, you know. So. <laughs> it's not the souffle, it's, it's the recipe. <laughs> I, I knew that was coming. <laughs> Miles away. Okay, well, I'll go uh, on record and say I want to see that, actually. Oh, right. Well, uh, a remake or a, a, a follow-up? No, no, a sequel. Uh-huh. It's, actually, it's actually a pretty... Um, a project that's been sort of around for a while, like for decades, really. Uh, so I want to see it get made. Okay. I mean, the casting's going to be the key to that one, isn't it? I would have thought. Uh, obviously, the director and everything, but uh, if they can do some imaginative casting. Just be okay, better than um, the David Soul series. Yeah, I mean, it can't, it can't be worse than, the, yeah, the, the television series that was on that one. Yeah. Um, Chronicle 2 I don't know anything about Chronicle I don't know if anybody wants to jump in on that one Uh, I haven't really got an idea of the the plot or anything of that one so unless anybody wants to fight its corner uh, let's go on to Chronicles of Narnia which um, we're up to the magician's nephew so it looks, uh, I thought there was some doubt about whether they're going to get through the whole series because there seems to have been quite a long gap. Um, I don't know when the Voyage of the Dawn Treader came out, but uh, it seems a long time. But of course, very heavy CGI'd sort of movie. Oh, I think there's still doubt. Uh, I, th- I think so, there's so, much doubt that anything's going to happen with this. Right, right. I would very like to see this movie come out, but 
like Darth, I, I think there's a lot of doubt there. Yeah. I mean, that, that's the whole problem with the source material is that you don't really have consistent characters once you get past the stage that we're at. Right. You know, and even Voyages of the Dawn Treasure, you know, it it still only has half of the original cast. Um, so you're kind of just... At, by the time you get to Magician's Nephew, you're into cousins and friends and, you know, you're not really dealing with the original kids at all. And it's you're having to go on your love of the world, really. Mm. And Aslan. I mean, I guess Aslan is always a major character, but... Yeah, that's right. going to be tricky. And I would love to see them... Uh, I would love to see them try this because I think that what everybody is up in arms about as we get further in this series is you're getting to a point where you're telling more and more esoteric stories. And so they wonder as a film studio, and now we're we're not even talking Disney anymore. That's the whole problem now. Disney's dropped out. So you just, you know, the rights are still held by Walden Media and they're having to shop out. They're not a production company as such. Um they're just really the rights-holding company. And so now they're having to shop out their rights to other production companies to, you know, figure if they can put together something that will actually get the thing made. I think everybody has a problem with uh, Narnia from this point forward narratively because, again, you're not dealing with the same core characters. But I think if they were able to do just one of these latter novels that... And it actually worked. It actually made some money. Then I think everything else would fall into place. So basically, if they can make Magician's Nephew and it works, then the rest of it's not in doubt anymore. But it's, it's, it's a, getting them over the hump of making a movie without you know those original four characters, really. Right. It's the next one after that, the silver chair after Magician's Nephew. Is it? Never remember the old. Yeah. I guess that's. Uh, I mean, you know, there's always doubt as to what the order should be or whatever, mm-hmm. um, whether you tell it chronologically or whether you tell it in the order of publication. In order of yeah. publication, you're right, it's Silver Chair. But Magician's Nephew is problematic, to say the least. Uh, it, the one thing it has going for it, I suppose, is that it's an origin story, kind of. So that could work because people do love origin stories. Um, but I, you know, it's, it's, it is the nut that you got to crack. This is the one and the rest of it, you know, if you can tell this, you can certainly tell the last battle. Uh, so I'm interested to see if they make it through. Good. Well, let's move on. If we may clerks three, I've got nothing to say about that. Um, anybody? Well, I do. <laughs> Good. Well, do you want to do that and then take um, the next few after? Sure, why not? Um, looking forward to it, actually. Clerks uh, 3. Um, Clerks 2 was great. Kevin um, Smith is always awesome. Yep. Uh, you know, when he announced it, you know, he, he basically he woke up in the middle of the night um, with an idea for Clerks 3 and, and basically he's going to be the best movie, you know, the first movie ever. So, um, I don't really care if it is the best first movie ever. I'm just looking forward to seeing those characters again because that's the fun part of it. You know, we've you know, spent some time with these characters. And as long as we have Jalen Silent Bob in it, that's all I care. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, Jay's clean again, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Seems so. It might be his reward. Um, 
uh, I mean, they've been kind of keeping him clean by taking him around the place, and you know, part of the whole tour down to Australia and everything is uh, is kind of keeping him on the uh, straight and narrow, and, uh, and, and and you know, trying to keep him uh, on a steady path. And so this this I, I think I think Clark too must have been a uh, a bit of a, a the same thing. It was a, kind of a gift to him to say, well, you know. Well done. Let's let's stay clean. So, um, yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to It'd it. It'd be great. Uh, I'd be wonderful if Rosario Dawson came back. Oh yes, that was that. She was amazing. That's that's what pushed her from is. being from from being kind of uh, a neat revisit to, to, the, to that universe to being kind of you know just that next step above with her. Yeah. that character, you know. And it was a saving grace, actually. Yeah, I mean, is it okay. going to be filmed in black and white? Do we know? No. The second one wasn't. I don't see no reason why the, the, you know, the third one should. Yeah. Um, maybe I think the main reason why the first one was in black and white is that's all they could afford. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, but uh, I mean, I kind of hope he takes the same approach to it as is, is, is not being a big, Holly, uh, big budget Hollywood movie. You know, this is. Uh, you know, having his friends making a movie. I hope he keeps that, you know, mindset like he did with, with two, you know, of, of you know, keeping it. Because you know, that, that's what made Clerks 2, you know, close to, to, to the first movie, is, is keeping that same feel of them, them all just hanging out. And, I mean, they rented, like, a, you know, uh, a hotel, like, next door, and a lot of them just lived in there and, you know, filmed at the, the movies. <laughs> So yeah, it's, that's going to be awesome. Anybody else? I just love Clerks, and I'm excited about this. Yeah, I'm actually, uh, my wife and I are thinking about doing a, doing a Hollisk Universe uh, revisit. It's been a while since we, we did all the movies. So I, I put a know. vote in, too. I would love a gonna... sequel to Chasing Amy. Yes, please. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 There's one line in there. What do you do for full play? Hit over the head with a baseball bat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't say any more than that because otherwise well, this is too The entire opening sequence and Lando Calrissian uh, Comic Con sequence. <laughs> priceless. It's priceless. And Dave says what? Uh, All right, but we'll we'll move on because we're still in the seas. Uh, <laughs> Cloudy two, Revenge of the Leftovers. Um, yeah, for one, I'm kind of looking forward to this. It was, it was a neat movie. Um, as long as they get a good idea for it, then hey, cool. Um, original uh, directors uh, Chris Miller and uh, Phil Lord uh, may not be at the helm this time. Um, of course, they did. Uh, I think uh, trailers started showing up like this or last week for the uh, the Lego movie. Um, so they've been working on that, um, and I haven't really followed up too much on, on Cloudy 2, um, but all I can say is if you haven't seen the first one, it's it's just, it's worth watching, um, <laughs> especially for, uh, I believe it's Neil Patrick Harris, as the voice of the monkey. Hungry! <laughs> one of the best cameos in a movie ever, sorry. Uh, just to look at the end and go, and Neil Patrick Harris. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, I worship the shrine of NPH. Who doesn't? 
Right, uh, Cloverfield 2. I haven't seen the first one yet, so I'm sorry. Um, but uh, love like, here, the first it, one. It feels like uh, Cloverfield uh, sequel uh, details uh, come through on an annual basis, uh, uh, such as while promoting Kevin in the Woods last year. Uh, uh, writer Drew Goddard revealed that he's still keen to make Cloverfield 2. The credit schedules of director Matt Reeves and producer J.J. Abrams are holding things back. Um, I wonder if it's going to have the same feel because now we know what the threat is. And that's the thing feel about the movie is for 90% of it, you have no idea what the threat is, what's going on. Yeah, it's always a special thing when you you know the, a movie like I mean I haven't seen it but I know the general of, of you know how things all set up and like you know how do you then go hey you do a second one well unless they do just a different you know you know a different threat you know uh, I don't know I mean yeah, so but it uh, anybody else on on the reveal too nope okay Contagion nope. two uh, given that the original film grossed over 130 million worldwide box office. It's perhaps not so much uh, of a surprise that Warner Brothers is considering doing a sequel to a movie where lots of movie stars die. <laughs> Contagion. Uh, the follow-up will be produced by Scott Z. Burns, who penned the first one. It's unclear yet whether Steven Soderbergh will return to direct it, but we wouldn't bet on it. And uh, I'm just going to skip straight on to the next one, because Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, there's been a chance uh, behind the camera with uh, Planet of the Apes franchise, as uh, Robert Wyatt, the man who delivered the hugely impressive rise of Planet of the Apes, elected not to work on the tight schedule required of Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and passed on the project. The baton has been picked up by Cloverfield director Matt Reeves and Andy Serkis is back on board too. The film is due in May 2014. Roll on May 2014. Awesome. Sorry, yeah, I mean, I'm I think a big fan of the originals, says, and, yeah. you, you know, um, to heck with uh, Tim Burton. Uh, anyway, he stole <laughs> stole that whole ending scene from uh, from uh, Kevin Smith, so. Dork. <laughs> but, yeah, awesome movies. Sorry. I was not expecting to like Rise of the Planet of the Apes, but, you know, it was, it was really, really good. Yeah, I wasn't expecting to like it, but I did like it. I mean... Uh, there's only about one criticism I had of where he was explaining to his girlfriend about six years later and she didn't seem to know what his work was and he'd been working with this chimp for about six years but yeah uh, excellent yeah. yeah I rented it to kind of get it out of the way it's like well I'll rent this and look at it and see you know because I probably hate it <laughs> didn't right anymore no right despicable me do uh, well, it was due out. Brothers. That's due out now today. It's, yeah. I mean, they were on the they were on the uh, the show, uh, the Friday show. As I was saying, as guests, okay. and um, yeah. it's airing now. I think premiered now. Really? Yeah. I think. Uh, I think. The, the, sorry, okay. the the guest stars who were on the Graham Knott show. I think they would just come from France, where it had its. Um, it's premiere or somewhere in France. Uh, your recent release date is July 3rd, uh, according to uh, the internet. But it could well, have had a, a premiere, you know, kind of yeah. screening thing. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, and of course, uh, there's also a slated a, a, a Despicable Me 3. So uh, I'm looking forward to it. The characters are great and funny, and 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 you know the minions. You know, it's not every day that you create a a cute minion, <laughs> but those guys are great. Um, we're actually yeah. considering watching, rewatching that movie because uh, it's Callum's Callum's reaching that age now where you know before it was just a funny. It was colorful and you know attention grabbing, um, but now it's you know uh, he gets cute characters and stuff like that. So uh, what I will that. say is that the, the clip they showed, uh, I mean, it wasn't in three D, but it almost looked three. It, it looked three D without being three D, if you know what I mean. It was so brilliantly crafted, the drawn that you 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 were almost crossing your eyes to say, is this in three D or not? Because it was the 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 Z depth or whatever they call it was seemed so apparent on the two D version. Looked lovely, looks beautiful. And a movie I never want to see because I didn't see the last one and I just don't really care anymore. Die Hard Six. Bruce Willis had suggested uh, before he embarked on a good day to die that there was one more big screen adventure. Well, this is passing the baton on to his son, really, isn't it? I mean, the in the fifth uh, one. Uh, hmm. Yeah. He's acting with his son, so I think that's this is a handover movie. I think a bit like Star Trek Generations. <laughs> Dead the horse. Is, but, but, <laughs> Die Hard was never about um, the storyline per se. It was about Bruce Willis uh, making funny one-liners and killing people um, who deserved it. Um, and yippee ki yay! Yes, with uh, what? Or, or it just started kind of moving over into ridiculousness, and uh, I so And the first one was wonderful. Oh, yeah. And it is a, a template for a great movie. But one, two, and three were, were I thought really good movies. You know, yeah. They had you know, different takes and it's like Cobra you know, Spute, please. Yeah. They, they they had really good you know um they really had good action and fun and you know watching those movies but. Alan Rickman made that film though as well. Oh, Rick, Rickman's amazing. Just amazing. All right. Speaking of movies we don't want to see, Dumb and Dumber Two. Uh, <laughs> All right. Pass. Uh, next, next one. Next. 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 Expendables Three. <laughs> next. <laughs> Finding Nemo Two. Yay. <laughs> if things had gone differently, we might well have been. Uh, we might well have been talking about Andrew Stanton directed John Carter sequel here instead. <laughs> After the heavily reported financial struggles that uh, the set John Carter at the box office, uh, Stanton is elected to make a follow-up to Finding Nemo. Uh, and, uh, I, I know what it's going to be called, Ian. I know what it's going to be called. It's it's it's. Um, That's finding, your cue to um, say. It's Finding Dory. No. What? It's called Finding Nemo. Send in the clowns. It's a clownfish. It's all about, t- it's all, it's all about timing. It's all about timing. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yes, there is, a, there is a, an actual uh, official trailer up on, on YouTube now. Um, but it is uh, called Finding Dory, which, you know, um, Alan DeGeneres' character in there really kind of makes that movie yeah. work for the most part. Because yeah. <laughs> Nemo's dad's boring. No. <laughs> Nobody cares. <laughs> Now, I didn't see Expendables 2, but I know it did very well in the theaters, and our own Bruce Logan 
uh, Pringlemeyer uh, did highly rate this film. So I only heard about there, the there's justification for a third film. Yeah. Okay. Right. I just heard Sorry. that the first one didn't get off to a good start because like all the people that were promised to be in it were in like the first ten minutes and then only <laughs> yeah. other people. But I don't know. I haven't seen it. Yeah, we we are having to move fast, so jump in faster next time, Jeff. Yeah. So yeah, if, well, if, I if didn't have much of a chance. That move, <laughs> just say, wait, hold up. Stop. <laughs> I think you get the Finding Nemo too. <laughs> Stop press. Fast and Furious Seven doesn't Seven just say that? Moving on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I should just say oh. I, I read something. I don't have not watched these, but apparently Fast and Furious Six. Did extremely well at the box office. Uh, it did. It's been a big international one, which seems amazing to get to number six before it really. <laughs> it really does that. Your, Oh, we really hit a stride at number six. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> but what made Fast Five so good was it went back to the premise of the original and really took its cue from the original and. Did what made the original good. I haven't seen Fast Six yet. It depends on whether I like Fast Six, whether I'm curious to see Fast Seven or not. Kobo, I have not seen any of these. What's the attraction, tell me? Um, Paul Walker has a very, very interesting character in the first movie, and I won't say much more than that because it would spoil the entire plot. Um, Just some of the moral ambiguity with some of the characters makes it very, very very interesting. You've done a lot there telling me it's actually got a plot. I mean, I didn't think it had a plot, so (laughs) that's pretty good news anyway. I mean, I'm not invested in Vin Diesel, but I have to say he did one thing that gives him a crown in my book. He was the voice of the Iron Giant. So, I mean, that that is one of the most wonderful animated ah. films ever. And as I said, Paul Walker is really the star of the movie. He's really good. Yeah. Vin Diesel is an interesting character, but not nearly as interesting as Paul Walker's character. And The Rock is Okay. Okay, thanks. Ready? Where were we? Ah, yes. Uh, Fright Night 2. Anyone? Well, it says straight to DVD, so so I think that says it all, doesn't it? Talking about straight to DVD. Love the original Roddy McDowell. Yeah, well, yeah, the, 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 yeah, the, the, the original Fright Night... Fright Night 2 went straight to DVD, correct? So that's what they're saying here. It's just we weren't aware that uh, that the new title oh, right. had done particularly well, but it's clearly picked up some interest somewhere along the line. A straight-to-DVD sequel has been commissioned. Oh, that is straight-to-DVD. Well, that just really yeah. says it all yeah, moving along. Yep. Um, Timing. I, I, it's everything. I'm mm. almost tempted to skip right over this just because I'm bloody sick of hearing about it. Ghostbusters 3. But I won't skip over Ghostbusters. Uh, it seems as though the much-talked-about third Ghostbusters film will finally press ahead. Don't count on it. Uh, this year, <laughs> the movie is expected to shoot 
before 2013 is out. Don't count on it. Uh, without any involvement from Bill Murray, count on it. Uh, Dan Aykroyd <laughs> and Harold Ramis has been working on the film for some time. You can probably count on that. Uh, with Ivan Reitman is expected to wreck. The idea will be to hand the mantle over to a new team of Ghostbusters. Who Son of Ghostbusters. Forward. Um, Ghostbusters go west. Many twisted turns, you know, uh, to get this film at the, the film this fire. Uh, but we wouldn't be the slightest bit surprised if it fell apart again. Ta da! Who are you going to call? Me, uh, <laughs> yeah. Anybody? Yeah, well, uh, Somebody? Nobody. But yeah. go, just going to Ken, do you, do you not remember when the, they, they weren't called the sequels, were they? They used to do, you know, you'd have Frankenstein, then you'd have Son of Frankenstein, you'd have, uh, you know, yeah. Son, uh, not Son of the Lone Ranger, but you know, that was the way they did it then, wasn't it? You know, uh, Zorro's, and then Zorro would hand it on to his son or whatever. Yeah. Again, the so, problem with making a sequel to Ghostbusters is that Ghostbusters wasn't about busting ghosts. Ghostbusters was about Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray, and Harold Ramis making jokes and busting ghosts. You could have had them doing something else with all of those one-liners, and it probably would mean, you know... Three Amigos. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 they are what make that franchise work, um, and unfortunately, little else does, you know. I have to say the video game worked for that reason. Yeah. Yeah. The video game was good. That was that's really all you needed to do, just do a video game. Or do another animated series with them voicing the characters. Yeah, that would be fine. All right. Uh, the girl the girl who played with fire. Anyone? Well, this is a franchise. I mean, it's not a sequel so much as... I suppose it's a bit like the um, the, the Dawn Treader one that we talked about. The uh, Yes, it is, but it's it, it's basically a series of books written by the same writer. So, Amazing storyline. It's a franchise, yeah. Right. Really? Um Amazing storyline. Um, if they stay as true as they did with the first one, can't wait to see it. Hope it doesn't degrade like a certain other movie franchise. Harry Potter. We still got Daniel Craig in again. Of course, he was in the Dragon the two one. So it's it's not like a. Sometimes they do with these sequels, don't they? They make it with the star cast, and then the second in the franchise. You have, you get rid of the star cast. Well, you can always watch the original money. films that have already been made. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Yeah. And I, I think the original film of the first book was better. Oh, it's so great. The Swedish version than the American. Yeah. The uh, uh, and Craig she's good in uh, Sherlock Holmes. Uh, right. And, uh, and uh, Rudy Mara are, are actually contracted for uh, two further films. So. Yeah. All right, I'll, I'll finish up the, the, the G's here, Dave, and then you can kick back. Okay. Uh, Goon 2, the ultraviolet hockey comedy. Uh, Goon's no shortage of fans. Uh, any fans here? All right, Dave. Uh, Hancock 2? Uh, Hancock's half Um <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually kind of looking forward to that because uh, I, I found Hancock to be a bit of a surprise to me because, like, Went in it completely blind and uh, was, you know, right. Uh, that, that's one. 
but, but oh. you know, and uh, but um, I just don't know where they can go next without it just becoming an all-out superhero movie. You know, if Will Smith is on form, it'll be good. But Will Smith has been very hit or miss lately. I've got a feeling if they do do that, it'd be with Jaden Smith because he seems to me he wants to promote his son's career now. So it might be like, um, you know, The Incredibles or something like that where he basically hands over, you know, he's over the hill and hands over the reins to his son. I'm not saying he wouldn't be in it, but maybe he's looking for a franchise with his son to head up. Um, this uh, Earth film that they've just both appeared in together, I've only seen trailers of that, but it didn't seem that brilliant to me. Um, the trailer they picked didn't seem a very promising trailer either, but I suppose that, that if Will Smith is involved, then they could certainly get a second film out of it. Whether, whether it's got more legs in it than that, I don't know. Next one, well, that's pretty much a shoe-in, isn't it? The Hobbit. What did, um, what did After gone? Earth get? Like a 30 on run to Menace? If it was lucky. Okay, uh, The Hobbit, we we know that uh, this had the, the story, of course, when it was first muted, mooted, that, um, uh, you know, there's too much story to fit into one film, so it's going to be two, then there's too much to fit in it, and it's a three film, so I've got a feeling that both two and three are being made back-to-back, aren't they? They're being made, well, not back-to-back, concurrently, really, Um I don't know whether anybody in the room has insider knowledge to uh, uh, has read up more information, but as far as I assume, um, one's well underway, and they may be filming scenes for the third one at the same time. Okay. Um, anybody want to comment on that, other than the fact that it's probably the most... Uh, Looking very forward to it. Already. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And the, the uh, trailer's out, and they uh, they show a lot of smog in the trailer. Do we know when The Hobbit's going to come out? Is it going to come out Thanksgiving time, or what? I think it's Christmas time. What? Not, not, I would have thought yeah, get it out time. for them. All right. Okay. Hope and Glory 2. John Borman is looking at finally make the follow-up to his 1980s success, Hope and Glory, currently going by the name of Queen and Country. Following uh, the original followed the nine-year-old in London during the Second World War, uh, whilst Borman's new film could see him grown up and drafted into war himself. Right, well, hang on a minute. Uh, nine-year-old boy, the war lasted seven, six years. I don't think he would be able to get recruited and still be in the war, would he? Some jiggery poker is going on there. If he's nine when the war broke out, he wouldn't be old enough to be drafted. What are you talking about? Were you guys involved in Korea at all? Well, it says into the war himself, not into a war. I thought oh. you did say into a war. Not into I just think it's great news that John Borman's even working still. I didn't... Mm. You know. Right. That just reminds me, by the way, I I, I heard that um, uh, Cumberbatch is going to be playing Alan Turing. 
in a new uh, film about the um, you know the Enigma Code and breaking the Enigma Code. Okay. Uh, uh, but you know they then tell you about the the actress who's going to play his love interest, which is strange because he was convicted uh, because he was homosexual when being homosexual was illegal, uh, and yet they're going to have a love interest and this. They're also talking about, you know, linking him with the uh, Burgess and McLean and, and Russian spies and things. So it's a little bit like the other en- Enigma one where they talked about the Enigma being found before. It seems to be playing fast and loose with that storyline. Anyway, hope well, and glory. The, 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 love interest, the love interest thing isn't, isn't that far-fetched because I know... Um, Two gay men who were <laughs> married for quite a long period of time. Oh, he was so, going to. He actually was engaged to this woman, but he couldn't go ahead with it. Right. But it, it was what do you call it? In a beard or something? I can't remember what the word is yeah. used. Well, I mean, and, 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 and the Can time, you, you know, the time that he lived as well. Tell me, I mean, that was um, more and more common. You know, to uh, to Thank you. you know, do what society expects. Yeah. Right. But anyway. Anyway, that's off off uh, off Dalek, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Hot Tub Machine Two. Yeah. We're going to jump a bit because we're still on page I, one of three pages. I heard it funny but bad. <laughs> okay. Uh, Hot Hotel Transylvania Two. Animated. I just know that Megan wants to see the first one. <laughs> so we have to see the second one. <laughs> well, that's the, the bottom first of the page, Ian. The bottom of the yeah, page. We made it through yeah. one page. Yeah, yeah. The, first, the first movie was cute. The second one might be good. Let me put uh, page, the next page, but you can click the number one, and that will get you to it anyway as we uh, welcome a new guest in the room. Uh, do you guess we're doing um, 111 movie sequels currently in the works? from Den of Geek. We've just done page one, so we're a third of the way through it. And um, we're on uh, How to Train Your Dragon 2 and 3. Two sequels in the work from DreamWorks animated finest film, How to Train Your Dragon. Uh, first film due in, uh, due in June 2014, and the second one arrives in June 2016. Well, Again, whether I, they're going to follow the original stories or not, um, uh, or how, you know, what, what form they're going to take. But uh, I know that uh, Liam would be interested because he loved the first film, and plus he um, we got on the audio books, um, you know, in, in, in How to Speak Dragonese, and I think they were all read by Pepper um, Tennant. So, um, yeah, looking forward to those, actually. Um, we were just talking about watching that movie again as well. We do work hard at your household. Now, Pity Logan had to drop out earlier because uh, I think he was a big fan of the Hunger Games movie. Um, but the Hunger Games um, Catching Fire already scheduled for release c- this coming November. Uh, but there are two films left to come after that. Uh, the final book in Suzanne Collins' trilogy uh, Mocking Jay has been split into two films. Oh, they're all catching on to that one, aren't they? Uh, and Francis Lawrence has been confirmed as directing them both. Uh, Mocking uh, Jay Part 1 is set for release in 2014, 
with the final part two to follow in 2015. I think uh, quite a lot of people uh, rated this quite high, this one, although again, I've got no experience of it myself. Teens love this, uh, both the film and the book series. Good. Now, have, have you actually, seen it? I've not actually Absolutely seen the movie. Absolutely love the movie and the book because for once it follows dead on and strikes the right emotional chord, especially at the beginning, which is key without giving too many plot details away, but oh my gosh, it's awesome. So the film does follow the, the the first book pretty closely. Yeah. Good. Okay. Um, in between us, movie two. Well, um, the in between us, of course, was the uh, TV series that got their film break. Again, um, after being initially re- reluctant to commit to a film sequence, the creators Ian Morrison, uh, Damon Bleasley, are apparently closing in on a follow-up. I'm going to skip to a couple, well, perhaps not, Independence Day 2 and 3. Well, you have one every year, so I don't suppose they can say you can't have another <coughs> Independence Day. Again, it's just, you know, this is another one of those, you know, just like, well, it's almost as bad as Ghostbusters, just, you know, it's been planned and planned and planned and, you know, who knows if it'll ever happen. All right. First, first one was great popcorn movie, mm-hmm. and it's been so many years. If they're going to have a totally new cast, it may not have the same impact. It's just it's going to be the same aliens coming back. It's like, didn't they do everything that you really need to do in that movie? Yeah. And if you were going to do a sequel, well, it should have been done two, three years after the first movie. Not now. And, um, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah, that, 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 that seems to be their shtick. Um, the, the two gentlemen behind the original Stargate movie, who were then that what, ten years later, somebody did a, a, a Stargate uh, TV series. How dare you? We were going to do something with that franchise. <laughs> I think, uh, I think, both Will Smith and um, Jeff Goldblum could slip very easily back into the role. And I think that's all you need for a great movie. But like Ken said, if you get a new alien in there, that might spice things up a little bit. And it could go either way. That's all I'm saying. I I think if they make a film of that, it's basically going to be a different movie, just trading on the name Independence Day. Uh, I, I can't see any other way, really. It's basically, you know, it's going to be Speed 2, isn't it? Let's face yeah. it. Oh, you're right. And <laughs> and guy, that was so horrible. That's a beautiful example. Beautiful mm-hmm. example. Thank you. Because Speed 1 was just a treat. And it was, you know, edgy and good. And then it's like, what? What is this? You know, this. Uh, a, a piece of, you know, that, that, that was, they were trading on the name. That's right. all, really. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, Roland Roland Emmerich. He, he 
he's a weird director. I say that in a good way. Anyway, he'll do Independence Day, which is really nice. Then he'll do something like Mel Gibson, The Patriot with Mel Gibson, which I think is really interesting. And he did Anonymous. I think it was last year about supposedly the man who really wrote uh, all of Shakespeare's plays, which, which is really a, a fascinating movie. And then he'll go for Day After Tomorrow, uh, all these, you know, he's, he's uh, trying to be the new Irwin Allen with all the, the chaos films. And Independence Day... Which I like Day After Tomorrow. Yeah, and the thing is, the thing about Independence Day... <clears throat> like, I guess you, you could say Poseidon Adventure, what makes that movie so good? It, it's not just that they're in crisis. You get a really interesting cast together and a good chemistry between them all, and there's a little magic happening. Just because you do the same mix with a big cast doesn't mean it's, it's going to strike again, and it could be just a big, bloated, multi-million dollar uh, waste, and I, I always did find it humorous, like like Ian said about Stargate, how they wanted to do something and then bemoaned that it was a success that they had nothing to do with. And actually, I think the movie is kind of dwarfed by the series and, mm-hmm. and people's perception. When people think of Stargate, I don't think they really think about the movie as much as they do the, the different uh, variations of the series. Yeah. I didn't even know there was a movie until yeah. well after it's seen the series. Yeah. Well, the interesting yeah. thing here is uh, that uh, on Den of Geek, um, there's a little sidebar there that uh, says Independence Day 2 confirmed for 2015. Uh, yeah. The news came out um, spotted, yeah. June, June 21st. Yeah. So We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Well, they knew, they knew we were doing this show and put it up there for us, Ian. <laughs> exactly. Thank you for the aid memoir. Yeah, Indiana Jones 5. Exactly. Uh, oh, God. <laughs> this is going to be Indiana Jones. Uh, well, no, I won't say anything because That's I can't think. Be ridiculous. Um, Oops, sorry. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. <laughs> You're channeling yeah. your Daffy Duck. <laughs> okay. Is next one Insidious Indiana Jones in the movie Movie of Doom okay next one Insidious chapter 2 well I've never heard of Insidious anyway so not anybody wants to make a point on that I spit on your grave too I beg your pardon excuse me well horror genre you me? Uh, any fans me <laughs> Right, let's move to another big one. It's James Bond 24. Yeah. Well, uh, I think we know that Daniel Craig's, I think he's signed up for two more, isn't he? I don't know. But um, uh, Skyfall obviously broke uh, a lot of box office records. Was it the first, I think Darth was going about it being the first James Bond to bring in a billion dollars. Um, first to break at 300 million at the US box office. It's taken more than one billion. That's right. Um, so, 
do we know anything about any names, anybody, or uh, anything to do with the schedules or times? The lack of Judy Dench is going to be a problem for me personally, but without, without being spoilerish for anybody. Well, you just blew it, Cobo. Just joking, well, you did. Um, no, but a very, a very good actor taking the place, Cobo. Remember that. Who is it? Didn't you see Skyfall? Oh yeah, but it's been a while. Voldemort. Oh, cool. <laughs> so. Okay, anybody else want to comment on a Bond film? I mean, it's, it wasn't really ever in doubt that there would be more Bond. I mean, it's invigorated franchise. Uh, so... You know, bring it on. Um, it just amazes me with this and, uh, and like Star Trek, just the length of time between episodes. I mean, I think I commented on this before. I mean, Daniel Craig, 46, is it? Something like that. Still a very nice young age. I'd swap places with him at that. But, um, I mean, maybe he doesn't want to play Bond after he's 50. I, I can't remember how old Roger Moore was when he was playing uh, James Bond. Probably into up to about 54 was he he was came to the role late of course but, um no damn i mean part of the thing with daniel craig age is um not his fault mgm had the financial problems which that's true delayed uh the film for okay years so didn't even think we we're going to be getting bond again wasn't right, uh, let's wasn't Pierce no? Brosnan playing Bond well into his 50s? Or was he merely 40 when he gave the role? It, it might have been... Uh, he might have turned 50, certainly. I think he was. But, I mean, I, I, I'm not sure Roger Moore wasn't already almost 50 when he started the role. Um, but, of course, they both did uh, Bond-like TV series prior to it, didn't they? Um, yeah. The Saints and... Um, and the one that uh, Pierce Brosnan did before. But anyway, there's no doubt about it. I highly anticipated, I would have thought. Let's go uh, through a few quickly. Journey, Journey 3. Uh, following the surprising success of Journey 2, The Mysterious Island, 2012. Um, you've got Michael Kale. <laughs> that said, when you've got Sir Michael Caine riding on the back of a giant bee, decent box office is uh, the least you can expect. Journey 3 from the Earth to the Moon. Expected to shoot this year. Jurassic Park 4. Finally been confirmed that a fourth Jurassic Park movie seems a while. I would have thought that would have made it earlier. Right. Apparently. Um, um, the word on the street is that uh, we're going back to the origin of the, the first movie. We're going back to the island. Um, right. And it's now actually being turned into a proper actual um, theme park, like it was supposed to. Um, and now they've got like more things. All the safety the, features, the, yeah. The, yeah. All of the Velociraptors have got like muzzles and stuff like that, and um, and all sorts. But there's supposedly a. Well, we'll see um, some actual uh, uh, 
water dinosaurs. <laughs> and uh, but there's there's gonna be a new dinosaur which is actually a lot more intelligent than they figured on, and so yeah. All havoc uh, is unleashed, of course. As it is. Dead horse. They're good popcorn movies, regardless. The dinosaurs are always. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Next one sounds absolutely daft to me The King's Speech, too. I mean, the whole point was that he, he's being coached for this biggest speech of his life. I don't see how they can have a skin, uh, a King's Speech, too. I just. That's just cashing in to my mind. I can't see any point in that what at all. It sounds like a joke, actually. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Kung Fu, and I'll finish on the case and let Ian perhaps take over. Kung Fu Panda 3. Jennifer Liu is returning to direct for the third time. Uh, so Kung Fu Panda is set to become a trilogy. Uh, Jack Black once more on the voicing duties, presumably, and the film will be picked up. Uh, will pick up from the teasing ending at the end of Kung Fu Panda Two for March 2016. And with that, let's go back to Ian. Ian, are you there? Well, since he isn't, I will uh, continue on. Uh, the Legend of uh, Conan. Arnold Schwarzenegger. What? Arnold Schwarzenegger has confirmed that he's set to do, reprise the role. Good heavens. That's like Sylvester Stallone coming back to it. Oh, well, he did, didn't he? Um, a role of Conan, the big screen for the third time. Okay. Um, the idea is to basically... Oh, well, anybody have any thoughts on that? Again, I would have thought the best thing to do with that would be to start again with a brand new actor. Um, well, they did. Right. Um, a year or so ago, and it didn't work. Right. Uh, with Jason Momoa, who was in Game of Thrones. So it's Stargate Atlantis. Yes. Who's not bad, but it just it was... Real B movie in every in every sense of the word. Um, what might make this good, and I really like the first Conan, John Milius Conan, mm. is it's going to be him as Conan the King in his declining mm. years. So kind of the wild bunch of uh, a barbarian uh, king. So it's not like he's going to try and play him young or anything. But what you're saying is really great. What what they could have done was bracketed it with someone playing him as a young man, and they could have always spun off and done new movies after that if they wished. But uh, who who knows what they're going to do after this? But um, you know, it, it it might have an interest factor because he's returning to the role. Um. And they're they're going to put hopefully put some depth into it, etc. Uh, but you know who knows? Could be very good, or could be just a waste. Yeah, depends right. on how they're doing it. But um. okay, um, let's move on. Uh, Ian will be back in a minute, I think. Uh, machete kills again in space. 
I'm going to move along with that. Mad Max Fury Road. Well, Mad Max movies. Again, I would have thought, although I don't like these restarts, to me that 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 surely must be up for a reboot because that's so grounded in 1970s, 1980s thing. Um, you know. And it's George Miller doing it, the director, right. creator of Mad Max. And I, I am. I like the first one. I think Road Warrior is a great movie. Right. The second one. Thunderdome is, again, eh. Uh, um, but um, that might be interesting. I don't know who they have as, as Max in it. Um, you know, right. Gibson, that's when he really had cachet as an actor. And it was very good. But, um, right. You know, I want to say, going back to the Conan thing, Arnold Schwarzenegger appears to be a busy boy because on the sidebar of the Geek website we're on, I saw a thing for Terminator, Terminator 5 being confirmed. So, looks like the Governor's trying to make a little bit of money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's got to get his uh, his presidential fund uh, filled up. <laughs> That's the thing, Dave. He, he can't be president under the Constitution. Oh, they said that about Obama. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, moving along. Uh, <laughs> well, that's what they're saying. I mean. Uh, it's, contentious I know but it, it was too light hearted to say that I suppose uh, Mad Max <laughs> Fury Road anyway uh, uh, Mad uh, Magic Mike 2 Steve's uh, got nothing to say about that no Ma- Major League Major League 3 pausing women might like Magic Mac- Mike 2 oh right okay um and Man of Steel too. Um, uh, well, this this obviously must relate to. It must be surely pretty much certain and on the cards now. I would have thought. Uh, I don't know what the general reception is of uh, Man of Steel. It's only been out here in the UK for just over a week. I think. I think it came out about the 14th of June, 14th to 15th. It did very well last week, but it's dropped 65 percent. Wow! Uh, in the second week, so I don't know, but but I've heard I don't know if darts are different or anyone that they've already given the green light to Man of Steel too. Yeah, I would have thought so. Yeah. I mean, they must have signed the actor on for uh, three parts, but obviously that's not necessarily uh, sorted out. Well, I mean, there's the whole complicated thing there because, I mean, is there probably going to be a Man of Steel 2? Yes, probably. But the difficulty is where do you place it? Uh, Do you go from this hit directly into Justice League or do you go to another Superman movie? Uh, How do you stack that up against the fact that you're not going to have, what's his name, playing Batman? You've got to get a brand new Batman and therefore you've got to launch a, a new series of Batman films that you put the new Unless they can really woo him back, which, you know, he, they that he wasn't. They, yeah, they can't. He's done. Um, so the, the question becomes, you know, are you going to put 
how are you going to how are you going to stack the films? It's not will the films happen. It's really how are you going to stack it in order to make sure that you get Justice League because you really do want to get that as you're in there somewhere. So do you go, you know, Man of Steel one to Justice League one to then Batman one, or do you go, you know? And they should have had a Wonder Woman movie out uh, to to. Uh, uh, that's that. not. I mean, that's that. Certainly, there is. There's definitely, you know, in production, in development, rather. There's definitely a Wonder Woman film and a Flash film, uh, but that second tier isn't quite so important as getting Superman, Batman, Justice League. I mean, that's that's what you're really yeah. trying to do. And I, and I think it's unfortunate. It wouldn't be this way if they hadn't totally screwed up Green Lantern. If they had made Green Lantern okay, then they would have no fear about introducing Wonder Woman and introducing The Flash. Uh, but because of that misstep, now it's yeah. they're and, in panic mode. It's kind of dumb. And from what I've heard, if there's and that Green Lantern and Justice League would not be Ryan Reynolds. Oh, almost certainly not. Yeah. No. I mean, you would almost certainly at this point have to say, okay, Hal Jordan's dead, and let's go on to somebody else. And almost certainly you would say, let's go to um, – oh, I've lost his name now. <laughs> not not Guy Gardner, but the good one. I know who you mean. I know who you mean. Uh, you, you would go on to the one that's in the, the animated series. The animated series, right. Right. Because that that proved to be a good move, and there are lots of there's lots of interesting backstory there. Because you got the angle of him being an architect, you got the angle of him being uh, an army sergeant, uh, you know. So you've got some ways that you can play him patriotically. I mean, you've got some nice things that you can do with that character that you can't do otherwise. If you if you just got sort of straight arrow Ryan Reynolds kind of yeah. So. It's complicated, but I mean, there's no doubt that there are more movies to come, and it, it, they just need to stack it the right way. Yeah, they really want to do the Justice League movie, and that would—they really want to go up against Avengers. Exactly. That, and, and that certainly is another factor in there. Is you know, are you are we going to see a summer where you literally have Avengers versus Justice League? And I think that the temptation to do that has got to be just. Massive. Okay. Anybody else want to comment on that? Okay. Let's uh, move quickly on. Uh, hopefully, Ian's getting himself sorted out again. Um, the mechanic, mechanic two, uh, remake of the um, the Bron- Charles Bronson headlined original. Um, so that's going back some time. Men in four, uh, Men in Black four. Um, now, I've got a feeling that Men in Black three revived the franchise somewhat, which of course is probably why the fourth one is being uh, muted. Um, the only way I think that this could be interesting ah. is if they actually went uh, back in time, not actually physically try and time traveled actually took the franchise to um, Josh Brolin's um, uh, you know Tommy Jones impersonation uh, of Jay and and did uh, did it basically a Jay movie with his new partner um, the partner that we saw him actually get rid of in, in the first movie um, you know find a, a, a you know 
a, a decent uh, team up there, and that could actually be quite interesting, you know. Um, you know, dealing with you know, the, you could kind of do this kind of reverse, you know, this um, kind of uh, 1960s, 1970s kind of tech stuff, and it, I think it'd be kind of fun. And I have to correct you there; it wasn't James K. The time it was. Yep, I misspoke. Right. Um, but yeah. Um, How dare you? I think I, that that would make it an interesting movie. <laughs> uh, I think we kind of we've kind of you just want morale to you. Last nail in the coffin with the last one. Nicely, you know, it was it kind of finished it all off. I'm like, yeah, that's that's a good place to finish. Well, that's okay. where the second one failed. Is it really didn't bring anything new to the franchise? So if they're going to do a fourth one, they, they need to bring something different and interesting yeah. to the movie. Mm-hmm. Do you want to take uh, over now, Ian? As um, oh, sure, why not? Yeah, Mission Impossible Five. Um, I've actually recently caught up with the Mission Impossible movies, and it'd actually be kind of cool. I kind of like the the I I hated the first one mainly because of what they did to. Um, oh yeah, yeah, but that's that's all in the past. All in the past. So yeah, again, it's another good popcorn type movie where you know, are they gonna do it? No, of course they are. They're never gonna kill off you know. Tom Cruise in the movie. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> but yeah, I wouldn't mind another Russian Impossible uh, movie, especially uh, now that we've got um, Simon Pegg in them. So. I'd love to see J.J. Abrams still at the helm, too. <laughs> but of course, I worship the author of J.J. Abrams, so... <laughs> Anyone else? Nope. Okay. Monsters 2? Next. Moving swiftly onwards to, of course, The Muppets 2. Which I'm looking forward to. Uh, Yay. You know, the, 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 new, the new Muppet franchise is off to a good start, I think. Um, did a good job with the movie. It was a lot of fun. Uh, and this is from somebody who's a fan of the original Muppet movie. Big time. Um, I'm not sure about the fact that there's no Jason Segel this time around, and Ricky Gervais is going to be in it. I like Ricky Gervais. I just don't know if I like him. Yeah, with the Muppets. Um, it could be. It could be completely fine. It could be completely fine. So, let's see. Anyone else? Yeah, I think that's a brave and interesting choice mm-hmm. to go with him because. It could really work, and it could actually serve to sort of save his film career in a way, because he's, you know, sort of gotten repudiated at the uh, U.S. box office. But it uh, it could go really wrong, uh, and, I'm, and so therefore I like it because it's unusually brave for let's not forget Disney who owns this mm-hmm. as they own everything, and it is it is kind of brave of them to go with. Ricky Gervais of all people. He's the most undisney person out there, really. Yeah. <laughs> uh so kudos to Disney for trying something to for having faith in um the filmmakers and I think that's that's exactly consistent with how they handled the first movie. Why the first movie turned out well is they kind of just said you know, 
Basically, this franchise is kind of dead to us anyway, so if you manage to make anything out of it, it'll be a bonus for us. And so they just sort of step back and they let uh, you know the filmmakers do what they wanted to do, and that appears to be what they're doing now because you can well imagine that there's no way that Disney executives on their own initiative would say, hey, yeah, let's mix Ricky Gervais with the Muppets. Yeah. Um, so... And and I love the fact that you know they're kind of doing the same pattern as the original movies. By now we're taking this out on the road and going to Europe and whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but that it, it probably won't be exactly the same. I think the interesting thing here, and I'll go on for just a second more. The interesting thing here is if you compare what they've done with the Muppets to what they've done with Star Trek, uh, then I think what you see is that the Muppets are essentially remaking the original films in the same way that in in a way really Star Trek 11 is kind of a remake of Star Trek 1 of all things really you know because you've got at the heart of it essentially a a concept an idea that is the problem and that's the same thing with Star Trek 1 and in Star Trek 2 you've got essentially you know you got a con and all that stuff and you've got a remake of that going on with Star Trek uh, 12 um the Muppet seems to be doing that, but I think they've done it better somehow. I don't know. I don't know why or how it is, but certainly Muppets One is just. I mean, it really is the Muppet movie again, but it's done in a completely fresh and rather extraordinary way. In a way that wins you Oscars. In a way that is in in effect better than the original in terms of critical acclaim. Uh, so, kudos to them for trying something crazy. And I loved it, and I I don't understand some of the the flack that I think that uh, reservations that Frank Oz and Brian Henson had for non-involvement in the beginning. I yeah, I don't get that either. Because the movie just you know just tugged at the heart, and it was just everything good about Muppets, and linked linked into the Muppet Show. Which yeah. is so beloved, so they and mm. and actually invented a, a cute new Muppet, so they did a great job. <laughs> and none of the actors looked any older. <laughs> well, Miss Piggy is timeless. I mean, that beauty and yeah. that charm never ends. You know, so whoa. Stantler and Waldorf are looking a little long in the tooth, though. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew this would be the stopping point? <laughs> This is where we'd like, hey, could wait. We, could do a Muppets. whole show of the Muppets, I could tell We you. could. We could. I'd be up for the Muppets. Well, we do, haven't done a mind of uh, of Jim Henson. That would be good. Yeah, there you go. Mind of Jim Henson. Would well, be, I um, think we, could do, uh, we were talking about doing some called the craft of, like the Ray Harryhausen. I think we could do a craft of Tim Henson one. Yeah. Well, it's the mind of him, too, because, you know. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Who's in control? Me or you? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Nativity three. Not at the museum three. Hmm. That'd be good. That guy was real yeah, good. I mean, yeah, it's it, it, they're they're fun movies. They're uh, you know. Yeah, Ben still is in it. I think he's his work. Yeah. Hey, wow! You pronounced his name right. Uh, Pacific Rim two. <laughs> I haven't seen one yet. I know. It's like, huh? it looked great. 
Oh yeah. Well, if you're listening to this, you know, well, a year from now, it was great, and I can't, I'm not surprised that you're coming out. But um, Paranormal Activity Five. The Penguins of Madagascar. Ta-da! Yes. And for those who just joined us, we are rushing. We're rushing through some of them, giving people opportunity to jump in because uh, we have got 101 to get through. We're still on page. We've got one more page after this. And to answer Bear Friend Ron, uh, he says, I hear Dave loves the Muppets. It's like, no, we keep referring to Dave as a Muppet. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Penguins of Madagascar, I, I mean, I love the cartoon. Um, so, um, you know, hey, that could be fun. That could be fun. They're, they're, Isn't they're, the AC yeah. the Magnificent? Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> All right, Pirates of the Caribbean 5 or Caribbean, depending on where you're from. I don't know, no, I fell asleep during 3, so... No. Um, no. The Pirates of Metabolus. Yes, Metabolus. <laughs> well, <laughs> the, the funny thing is, is we actually, we, we didn't see it in the theaters, but we rented, uh, we no, we bought 3, because we watched one and 2, and we're like, okay, we'll just buy 3. Yeah, whatever. We still haven't finished it. <laughs> So, yeah. Pitch Perfect 2. Project X 2? You are kidding me. Hmm. All right. Prometheus 2. No. I think we kind of already covered that earlier, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yep. Puss in Boots 2. Yeah. I didn't yeah. see the first one, but... Um, really, you know. really good. This is a Shrek spin-off, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. First one was cute. I don't know if there's enough for a second one, but... All right. Back in the, back in the, <laughs> back in the sandbox. <clears throat> uh, the Raid 2. Never seen it, but anybody? No. 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 Rambo 5, this man needs a walker. Oh, sorry, what? Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. I think he could probably do one more, Sylvester Stallone. I mean, uh, if they try it with a different person, I don't think that would work. But, I mean, if he can still... I mean, he's done this... Uh, he, he's he been in the Inglorious Bastards, isn't he? He's, isn't he one of the casting nuts? So, I mean, he's he yeah. can still do the... Do the, expendables, do the, I think. Yeah. yeah, expendables. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, but the thing is, it's now. It's not that he's irrelevant exactly. It's that the, the topic yeah. and the character yeah. is the like time. Yeah. I mean, who cares? It's Vietnam. We're done. You know, really serious. I mean, I hate to be blunt because I know there are probably people listening who might have served in Vietnam, and that's great. You know, but uh, honestly, it just. <laughs> Who who in, the target, who in the target uh, market for movies, you know, 20-year-old people, who knows anything about it? Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. So it was done after the first two. Right. Well, yeah, Unless, kind of, yeah it was done. Yeah, didn't they do one in the 21st century? Hasn't there been in something? Yeah, I maybe, think it died. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I suppose they, 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 could, they could do it if, if, if say, he's been, you know, got back into society and so on and got rid of all these violent tendencies and then basically like lost his crash lands on a 
uh, and it's his survival skills that come into into play. A bit yeah, like Pitch Black, yeah. a bit like yeah. Pitch Black, where he's the only one that can survive. And so instead of being the person that's the the one they're all afraid of, he's the one that leads them to survival. Yeah, playing full of kids. It'd be a plane full of kids. <laughs> right, right, yeah. You know, I, I've got to give him credit. I mean, I love the first Rocky. You know, mm. and the sequels well, were either, some were good and then wretched. But Rocky Balboa, that last film, was really well done. And it was the nice coda, and it was a it was hearkening back to the first Rocky as a character study. And just to give him credit for that, but Rambo Five, no one needs except his pocketbook. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Is like when, when you're talking about something like I mean, not that I'm a big fan of Rocky movies, but um, you know, it, it, you could actually you can actually delve into Rocky's character. You know, can you really delve into Rambo's character? Mm-hmm. You know, maybe in the first film, when because he's. They're hunting him and the whole thing. There might have been something there. Well, I mean, Rocky, you can actually kind of take a step back from the the, the boxing and kind of look at the gun. Yeah. You're talking about Rambo. If you take a step back from what he does, it becomes boring. Yeah. The heart of Rocky. Rambo's about action and doing stuff. And it's like, but. The heart of Rocky is a love story. Really. Right. Not about boxing, about his self worth and the love story. So. Totally right. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. Yeah. Real mm-hmm. Steel Two. That's robots boxing, isn't it? So I suppose yeah. you can make as many of those as you want with people who pay to well, see it. I, I heard it was actually. It. Yeah, I heard it was actually really good. And you got to think. Yeah, I heard that. Um, this is the one that's got um, what's it? Oh, who is it? That does Hugh the Jackman. Oscars. He was Jackman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And. Hugh Jackman is a pretty good judge of projects. He really is. He's had some stunning, even stuff that honestly wasn't critically that great, like Australia. I mean, his character in Australia was still really good and interesting. It's a good and, movie, really good. It was all right. It was it was reasonable to go, and you know, he did it because it helped promote Australia, which fine. Okay, that's your job. Is your, you know, if you're going to be an actor, you do things, you take projects, like, like Sean Connery takes Scottish projects, fine, do it. Um, and so, I I mean, I've not seen it, but it's the kind of thing where I'm like, do it, because I think it might, I think it's, I think it teaches some kind of family values, is what I'm saying, I think it's reasonable. I heard there was a really kind of nice story that went along with it, I've yet to see it, but right. I kind of want to, because I've heard that it looked like Rock'em Sock'em Robots, the movie, but it, it was more than that. You know, it became, people were mm-hmm. quite surprised by it. Yeah. And you know mm-hmm. what it's based on? And I realized that just seeing ads for it, it's the same source material as that Twilight Zone episode with Lee Marvin battling Maxo. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember seeing that one, Dave or Kobo? Or no, but I think it's gone on Ian's list now. Yeah, it's where he's um, he's a manager of of a robot fighter. I did and, see that one. And he takes the place Ken. of the robot at the end. That's the, this movie is based on that short story. The same thing. Oh, where are we now? Neil Steele too. 
I did see the original real steel, and it was wonderful. Guys, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, is the is the room for a sequel there without giving the ending of the first one? Uh, absolutely, yes. Because um, boxers get replaced by robots. Mm. It's the whole plot of the movie, and then hilarity ensues. Um. <laughs> We could do it in wrestlers next time, I suppose. It's supposed to be a good father father son film. I mean, the whole relationship thing, and and that's from what I heard. And then, um, yes, there was that element to it, and uh, he had a old junker robot that nobody thought would work. So it's a real underdog movie there as well, but. The technique he used in the final fight revolutionized the sport. So I see, I see that being the ju- jumping off point to the second movie. Right. Ian's waiting for the third one, by the way. Real Steel Mud Wrestling. <laughs> Jello wrestling. Thank you very much. I'm not into dirty fighting. <laughs> First, first rule of Fight Club. Talk about Fight Do it in Jello. Oh, sorry. Right. <laughs> All right, moving, moving on quickly. Quickly, Resident Evil Six. Oh, good God! <laughs> I have no respect for the franchise because it doesn't follow the video games. That's not why people watch the movies. You want to see Mila Jojovich uh, kick ass in slow motion, looking good. <laughs> We're almost at the bottom of the page, Ian. Get Keep going. Riddick. Bring it on, man. Bring it on, he says. Not being the easiest with directions, this one. At one stage, Riddick was shut down while financial issues were resolved. Resolved they were, and the third big screen adding for the character is now scheduled for a September release. And, uh, two is and I can't believe... again, and the cast this time also features Katie Sackhoff and Carl Urban. I can't believe I missed the chance to comment on the next Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Oh my gosh. What, you were looking forward to getting some sleep as well? <laughs> <laughs> I love the, the direction the newest one went in. I thought it was going to be a disaster without... Orlando Bloom and what's her face, but as long as it's got Jack Sparrow in it, I think the franchise has a. Forgive me, Kobo. You're the one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're the one who went to it. You're the one who looked for it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was telling I was telling everybody how I you know, we we bought the third movie based on the you know the first two. We actually bought the DVD, started watching it. All fell asleep and nev- have never watched it. <laughs> oh, the third movie's great, Ian. Give it a shot, man. We did. We fell asleep. Mm. Everybody, even Lee. <laughs> we were all sitting in there. They're room. really long movies, and it's just like this. But it's like, you know what? Yeah. Not the fourth one, though. <laughs> oh, my God. The fourth one is horrible. 
Uh, which is the one with the mermaid? I don't know. Mermaid. That is the fourth one. Fourth one, okay. I don't know. Yeah, okay. On Stranger Tides, is that... Oh, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. The only good thing okay. about the fourth one is when he, when he jumps into the carriage that's holding Judy Dench. Like, that actually made me laugh. I was, that was good. Uh, okay. mm-hmm. Almost worth paying for. Anytime you see Judy Dench, it's, it's almost... I love Judy Wow. Dench. Yeah, once he actually sets off to see... Like, all the London bit is actually really good. That, that entire opening sequence is good, but... But after that... I know the movie's not actually on the list, or I haven't seen it on the list, but do we know anything about the fabled Dark Tower movies? that Ron Howard was supposedly doing. Well, we've gone through the Ds, so it's obviously not on the list. Uh, it wouldn't be a sequel, but I was just asking Darth if he knew anything on the status of those movies. So we know. I've got to make a comment on Riddick when we come out about Judy Dench. Um, I didn't see the first film with the character, or Dark. Um, really like Chronicles of Riddick. Uh, really kind of wild, interesting, kind of richly textured. And Pitch Black is even better, Ken. Pitch Black, okay. And and I like his character, and really, I'm not saying it's copying, but I have really kind of a Dune feeling to that film, the, really, the lushness of it and everything. And... I, it makes me want to see another another film uh, with the character, and I'm I'm glad they're having Carl Urban back uh, in it, and I know that's kind of a really pet project that he's been wanting to to have this. So I mean, it's kind of a personal thing for uh, Vin Diesel uh, to make. But, yeah, Fish uh, Black was okay, but I mean. It's, just caught this one day on cable and just kind of couldn't stop watching it. It's really, it's really interesting, really well done. Uh, fascinating film. So, looking forward to that. All right, I think we we'll need to move on. on. Rio two. Um, looking forward to it actually. Um, my whole family loves the Rio um, movie. Uh, really um, good. We've watched it multiple times. Um, and uh, the plot's apparently going to uh, intertwine somehow with the 2014 World Cup, which of course is taking place in Brazil. And perhaps unsurprisingly, the movie is scheduled for release in April 2014. So, fantastic. I say, roll on, Rio. I mean, the wonderful thing about that, especially if you've got <laughs> little kids, is how colorful that movie is. It just really kind of you know, grabs kids' attention, and I love it. All right. Next is a movie that I really, really, really want to see. I've been waiting for for a long, 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 long time. Rush Hour 4. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? No. Um, uh, both Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan are seemingly keen to reprise their roles from, Rush Hour fran- from the Rush Hour franchise. for a fourth installment. And a massive, um, Chan and Tucker are uh, reportedly developing the project, uh, although we're not sure at the moment whether uh, director Brett Ratner, uh, who's made all three Russia movies to date, will return as well. Ratner's immediate pro- immediately, wow, this is bad spelling this, immediately priority <laughs> will be a Hercules movie, which he's making with The Rock for release in 2014. Um, I'm a huge fan of Russia movies and the um, Shanghai 
uh, Shanghai Noon, Shanghai uh, Nights series. Um, my wife's a huge Jackie Chan fan, so um, uh, love love Rush Hour. We're actually, we we were in Vegas. It was either just before or not long after they had made. Uh, I think it was. Uh, not sure which one it was, but they had a uh, one of the casinos there. They had the whole front of it painted all red and everything. And we were like, oh, what's that for? You know, it was all scaffolded and everything. And, like, uh, and then we watched the movie. And we're like, oh, that's what it was from. <laughs> Great, Dave, it's your turn. Wait, I'll okay. Just with you. Oh, oh, oh. I got. I just got to throw in greatest buddy film series of all time. I think yeah. I like it much better. I I like Lethal Weapon. I mean, Lethal Weapon. I get what Lethal Weapon is trying to do, but for me, this is much better and it's much Lethal more relevant Lethal. to. It's much more relevant to my version of America. I don't know about yours, but this is much more like what I see. So I like it. I just love those two together, and and, and watching Jackie Chan. Move is just the only problem with it. I would tell you the only problem is is if you go into Jackie Chan's, and we've got one in Honolulu, you might have one near you. That thing, it's always on and it's too loud and it makes eating in Jackie Chan's kind of not as enjoyable as it could be. But aside from that, I do love it. Uh, Ian, have you ever seen the Drunken Master films with him? I think so. Oh. How's it? So we did a we did a because Megan we got under this was just like okay you know. It's supposed to have his best fight sequence in the first drunk master one I think. Oh, it's amazing, it's amazing. He's crazy. He is. Okay, um, I just mentioned something that uh, one of our guests has put in the room. Um, uh, Johnny Larue, um mentioning a film, not a sequel, The Wolf of Wall Street. I think this is the street out, but it's a black comedy directed by Martin Scorsese. Just passing that on for people listening to the recording later. So look that up on Wiki, and apparently there's a uh, trailer on YouTube. But we're now on the third and final page. We're up to the S's. First one is Safe House 2. Uh, another strong 2012 proved another strong year for Denzel Washington on the big screen. Uh, his Oscar-nominated uh, returning flight at the end of the year, and the surprise hit Safe House at the start. So. I thought, oh, I thought Safe House was the one. Oh no, I'm thinking of the the Jodie Foster one. Am I where That's she has a room. safe room? Is that mm. the same one? No, it was Panic Room. I think it was. Ah, that's what I'm thinking. Panic, of panic room, room is what you're thinking. Yeah, there we go. Good luck. Two hours thirty-seven minutes. My first mistake. <laughs> right, uh, <clears> next <throat> one. Second. Salt. <laughs> Salt two. Uh, again, technically, uh, technically three now. Okay. Because he yeah. said it was his first well, one, was second. Well, out of uh, 111 movies, that's not too bad. Um, Salt Two, because uh, Salt Angelo Angelina Jolie uh, was in that. Looks as if Salt Two is back up and running after a long period of nothing being heard. New screenwriter was hired back in December 2012, with Becky Johnson now rewriting uh, Kurt Wimmers. Wimmers? I think I've got a lisp. Original draft. Yes, Arnold. Sherlock Holmes 3, Robert Downey Jr. Uh, amazing how this man's fortunes have changed uh, where he's been. I mean, he's must be the biggest... I think he's the highest paid uh, actor now, isn't he, in America? I'm sure I've read something like that recently. Uh, but, of course, um, 
not just the Iron Man franchise, the Sherlock Holmes, a very uh, different Sherlock Holmes to our own Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, but nonetheless, uh, with Jude Law as his partner, they've been eminently successful. Uh, they don't know yet if Guy Ritchie will be back to direct this third film. Ow! 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 Hello? You're on mic, uh, Cobo? Sorry, Dave, I didn't realise I was unmuted. My bad. Oh, it's not. Sorry, you're hurting. Okay. Um, but I was going to say, I don't care as long as Steven Fry comes back as Mycroft Holmes. He was amazing. He made that last film. I don't know if anybody agrees with that or not, but it was amazing. Stephen Fry's great. Um, I just wonder how they're gonna pull it off because I'm assuming it's not a spoiler at this point to say they did Rankin Buck Falls. Jared Harris Rick, makes Rick a very Rick. good Moriarty. Hmm. Um, liked him on Mad Men when he was on. I'm just curious to see where where it's going. And I love the girl that played Irene Adler. I forget her name. You can't possibly have been as good as the Irene Adler from Shrek. Oh, Lord, no. But I saw this first. So... Uh, and by the way, uh, Cobo, uh, just in case you're going to mute at the moment, um, Carte Blanche has put in, if you've seen it, uh, the Dark Tower movies are no more, and the TV show is also in trouble. Thank you, Carte Blanche, as usual. Thank you very much indeed, Carte Blanche. Okay, if you just mute again, if you would. Um, uh, Sin City, a dame to kill for. Well, that must be Jessica Alba coming back, but... Uh, it doesn't say that in the text, but I thought I'd mention it. Uh, terrific cast with Bruce Willis, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Mickey Rourke. I think Mickey Rourke uh, stole the show, really, with the first yeah. uh, one. Uh, uh, Michael Manson, uh, uh, a very good friend of our friend, Dr. Rebecca Housel, who was interviewed in quite a few times at Wizard World. Uh, by the way, she's going to be in Wizard World New York, uh, the New York Experience, the 28th, um, the 28th, 29th, and 30th, in other words, next weekend, uh, Rebecca Housel, friend of the Cult of Collective. Uh, anybody want to comment See how he on does that? I mean, it's seamless. It's seamless. <laughs> Timing. <laughs> Timing. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to Cincinnati. I mean, I, 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 I was quite sceptical because I don't really like very violent films. But it was so slick and stylized. I mean, uh, uh, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Um, quite a long film, really, when you think about it. And uh, Bruce Willis, I thought, uh, played a brilliant part in it. But uh, Mickey Rourke, as I say, stole the show. But uh, very, very good film. And a very strange film, of course, for um, our young um, Hobbit to uh, be in. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was as though he did the most, you know, went from the most endearing character to the most grisly character you could think of. Uh, very strange. 
But then again, Daniel Radcliffe had, uh, has done that. He's tried to get away from his, uh, you know, Harry Potter. He's doing horror films. Yeah. Camera films. Yeah. Well, I, that's why I haven't looked at this. Um, the lay, um, his la- uh, the was it the Lady Vanishes or whatever it is. Um, oh, well, it might be further down. I think he's doing a, a second in uh, that uh, film franchise. Anyway, Smurfs free. Well, this must be one for Ian to comment on. Is it a family film that Ian the Smurfs? Did you watch it? Only if only if NPH is in the third one as well. He well, he's in the second one. Yeah, I know. But it's like if you're going to do a third one, you can't do it at NPH. <laughs> Every movie should have NPH. Okay, uh, Snow White and the Huntsman. This uh, Huntsman too. Of course, there's been this thing on TV now of uh, obviously with. From Shrek onwards, we've had all these fairy tales uh, coming. It seems to be the new sci-fi uh, fairy tales. But um, Snow White and the Huntsman, uh, Christian Stewart. Uh, of course, Christian Stewart, fresh from um, Sparkling. <laughs> so, uh, again, I don't know if anybody's... Vampires. <laughs> no sparkling vampires here, please. Right. Okay, well, I, I, was, I was going to say, Dave. Uh, Dave I was going to say the, the, this whole thing about uh, if uh, if uh, fairy tales that are the sci-fi. So you can blame Stephen Moffat for that. But on, boom, boom, excellent. Yeah, good, <laughs> good, good reference. Um, SpongeBob SquarePants two. Bravo. Okay. Star Trek thirteen. Well, uh, we we did. Reference that somewhat, but um, the search uh, for Gene Roddenberry's epic adventure. Ooh. Right. Uh, I mean, uh, as far as I'm concerned, again, without being spoilerish for the last one, I mean, they must be diverging more so now. Uh, they've established this particular uh, universe, whether you agree with it or not. Uh, really, it's only at this point I would say that they could break away. And they could take it in any direction they want, and hopefully they will do so. They've got the established cast. They've got the accepted format for the majority of viewers. Um, I just don't think if I, there is a next one, I just don't think I'll see it in 3D because I, I, I was disappointed with the 3D in it. Not so much disappointed, but it didn't bring a lot to it. And, and I didn't think, certainly in the cinema where I was, the, the the picture resolution and definition seems somewhat compromised by the 3D. Um, so I hopefully if there is another one, I'm going to see it in 2D. Don't get me wrong. I like the last two films. They just did not feel like Star Trek to me. Right. I, my prediction is that obviously they'll make another one. But I kind of think unless the writers are already under contract to do it. I kind of think they might uh, insist on different writers. Maybe. Unless, again, unless the deal's already kind of done, in in which case, don't listen to me, but... uh, Sorry, what? Yeah, exactly. The the numbers aren't aren't so good on two as they were on one. And um, that's... I think going to be disheartening because what they were really hoping to do with two was to make it broadly appealing to international audiences, and it 
and it has done okay internationally, but I don't think it's done exactly what no. they wanted it to do. And I think that they are really trying to find a way to make Star Trek completely mainstream. And good luck to them. Because if they can do that, and you know the, the, the film side is happy with the revenue that they're making off of it, that makes it more likely that they'll do something on the TV side um, that maybe can be a little more narrowly focused. All right. Okay, well, the other big, big, big franchise straight afterwards, Star Wars. Uh, we know that uh, this, we've talked about the announcements of this, Star Wars 7 in this case. Uh, you might have heard about this. Uh, Disney purchase of Lucasfilms has kick-started. Uh, I don't think they funded this on Kickstarter, but has <laughs> funded the, the Star Wars franchise to the big screen. Maybe this one month. Out. On Kickstarter, that about it. Yeah. yeah, that one stormtrooper helmet, I would think. Yeah, uh, this time without George Lucas involved. Films are planned every couple of years, and I think uh, Darth has helped us out before on this, in, in as much as they're alternating between carrying this story forward and then having other uh, movies that will concentrate on a particular aspect of the Star Wars universe. Um, uh, the current plan remains to have the episode 7 in the cinemas for the summer of 2015 tell you what they keep wishing my life away having these films for 14 2015 and 2016 I mean it's going to yeah, be soon where left of it really yeah don't book the ticket <laughs> soon yeah <laughs> but there you go anybody want to comment into this other than to say it was a foregone conclusion I suppose with the latest negotiations well, I mean... Hoping for I, I think, wonderful. Well, a year ago, I don't think we anybody would have said it was a foregone conclusion that we were getting no, I mean, Star Wars 7 or anything like that. Not when this As list I, was written, no, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I think uh, the other thing is it doesn't really matter what we think because it is happening. I mean, this is a, a steamroller that is coming to a multiplex near you, and this is what your life in the cinema is going to be like. For the next decade, you're just going to have Star Wars, and it's a permanent fixture, and that's the end of it. Mm. And again, I'm glad to see J.J. Abrams at the helm. Well, I hope he does better with Star Wars than he did with Star Trek. Well, that's very much your opinion. I think he's done wonders for Star Trek. But, I mean, I can understand your view. I mean, to say that... And he's having different different writers. Well, true. I mean, it's the writers. The writers are the real big mystery over all of this, you know, because the only thing we know is the first film. We don't know anything about everything else. You know, clearly, for a lot of people, the writing was the weakest element. It always has been the weakest element of Star Wars. Even with the original things, that was the complaint of Roger Ebert and everybody. Even back in the day, is this is crap. Kasdan is going to be working down the line, but not on this one. Right, uh, so uh, it's it'll be interesting, but it doesn't really matter what any of us think about it. It's just going to happen. They paid too much money. They're not going to pay $4 billion and then get scared away if the first one bombs. It it doesn't matter. Whatever happens, it's all it happens. Yeah, they're totally invested in this. And, you know, it's it's just a... 
amazing what Disney has going on right now. Okay. I mean, uh, can, can I you do say to some, go on, Clover. I do think Disney has the pocketbook to do this very, very well. And I'm glad Lucas is not involved oh, as much. Can, come on. Be fair. I mean, that's, that is a horrible thing to say. And it's probably yeah, it's not just, accurate. Yeah. You know, he's involved in some capacity. He doesn't have... At the end of the day, he's got veto because of the huge amount of Disney stock that he owns. He could stop certain aspects of it by calling a board meeting. So let's not, you know... Think I mean, Kobo, you might want someone happen. fresh to come into it, but it's like biting the hand that gave us the joy of the original Star Wars and what's good in Clone Wars does not just come out of nowhere. You know, they're they're based on creations, ideas, things he's nurtured, what he's founded. So, I mean, uh, you know, be, be happy there's going to be fresh face involvement. But you know, when it when Clone it says Wars, Lucas, it's it's from him. Yeah. Don't, don't forget Clone Wars. I mean, he's he was massively involved in Clone Wars. I mean, he was he was there on story meetings, and there there are some things that he did that you can say that was a bad idea. But none of it was unoriginal. None of it was like, um, you know, him failing to try to push the artistic envelope on a medium that he kind of in a way created again you know the the, the advances that are being used by Lucasfilm animation are, are as innovative as ILM was at the time in 77 so point well taken Dorothy I'm sorry I'm just a bit cynical after after George Binks well okay a lot of people are and I and I appreciate that, you know, that a lot of people went to the first three films and they're like, this is not what we thought we were getting out of Star Wars, and then they got all mad at Lucas for being an artist and exercising his you know, copyright um, uh, ability to reformulate his own work and, you know, some people think you just can't do that and that destroys your childhood, but you know, the man is, at fundamental level the man is an artist of the very highest caliber he is one of the great American artists of the 20th century, and you know one of the things about great artists exactly is of the 20th and century, and we are at the 21st century. <laughs> okay, wow. I don't know if we have time. Moving along, <laughs> that, that's the whole thing. But yeah, uh, can I ask you to mute now, Koba? But um, yeah, I mean, obviously, um, one of the things about Star Wars is that they've, they've got sort of <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a way to end the argument. <laughs> well, no, I know I, what you I, meant, Dave, but that was just classic. Kind of like I'm waiting. There's along the lines of the one waiting for you to stop breathing. <laughs> oh, Kobo, you know that. I, I, I wanted you to mute so we just uh, move along with that. Not. <laughs> we know what you meant, Dave. <laughs> Where's the bottle of wine? Uh, okay. right, what, I was just, what I was just going to say before I moved this on was the fact that uh, one of the things about Star Wars, of course, was it it was the movie, the original movie that that basically created the whole you know um, 
collectibles and all the all the other elements of of uh, money. And I think it was Darth that told us basically that that was the the, the shrewdish move, move that he made was that he got the concession for all the toys and all the um, stuff that came off Star Wars. So I suppose and there's I, lots of different revenue tra- streams. Go on, and I will say one good thing about Episode One: It did give us one of the best games for the N64, which was Episode One Racer. So I guess it wasn't all bad. Kobo? Kobo? Yeah. Just seriously, between between us, isn't Darth Maul really cool? You got to give him that. Um. And John Williams, the Duel of the Fates music, it's worth the price of admission just for that battle, and just for that whole interlude, that that final uh, clash. I mean, you know, forget Jar Jar and and Trade Federation and the other things, but that is a really rip roaring, great fight there. I mean. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I mean, you 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 know don't you know keep keep that in the heart. Darth Maul is just way cool, and let's let's you know I'll, let's let's applaud the man where he does give it to us. I you know I don't I don't like him going back and changing things, and I want the original Star Wars uncut available for people. You know, know how I feel and all that. And Han Solo shot first. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. But. You know that, you know, and then the second film we have Yoda versus Dracula. So I mean, uh, Yoda versus Christopher <laughs> Lee. That that that's that's pretty earth shaking there. So e- even in the movies that you say you don't like, there's joy in there, and you yeah. keep it in that perspective. True. It won me over just seeing that never-ending ship fly. From behind me oh, the, onto the screen. I mean, it, oh, the first. Oh I my mean, God! Yeah, yeah that, that was fantastic. And I mean, the impact in seventy-seven was it? I've got the right year. Seventy-seven it was fantastic. It was fantastic. And it, it did provide a Star Wars experience for this generation. Well, that, that that's that's the thing. I mean, I mean, I like it. There are kids. This is their trilogy. They love that. There are those. That adore Jar Jar, and I gotta, I gotta say, Clone Wars, Jar Jar is funny. They used him well. I mean, they did a good job. You know, Bombad I'm, Jedi. You know, it's it's fun what they do with him there. I'm gonna have to go back and watch Clone Wars because obviously I haven't seen enough Clone Wars to. Yeah, yeah. I need to move. I've got the DVD yep. of the actual Clone Wars movie. Anyway, I really must move us on because move I, on. I know move Ian, on. Ian must be. Yeah, move so on. next one. Next one, uh, Super Troopers 2. Uh, no, move along. No, right. Taken 3. Well, Liam Neeson, I mean, it reinvigorated his career, the first Taken one. Uh, I don't know anybody wants to do the quote, but uh, if you ring me again, I'll hunt you down like the dog you are, sort of thing. Um, Taken, uh, and uh, the, uh, the thing about that is it sold even more, I think, when it's gone to extended cuts and harder cuts and all these different things that they brought out so um, that uh, really I think a lot of people will be looking forward to uh, Ted Ted 2 I just going to say I love Seth MacFarlane I hate this movie how dare you sir 
It's terrible. It's not with Mark Wahlberg, isn't it? And he's and the it's, bear. It's, yeah. It's not funny. I'm sorry. No. Um, but Mia Kulis is worth the price of admission alone. <laughs> no, she's not. And she's the nice. Flash. She's a very pretty girl, but no, not for this. <laughs> and <laughs> and the Flash references hilarious. Okay. And the and the very politically incorrect bear, hilarious. He gets very upset about not being anatomically correct at one point, which I found hilarious. <laughs> okay, right. Let's move on. Terminator Five. Well, um, I I like. I mean, I mean, I like Terminator 3 and 4. I mean, I like Terminator Salvation. My biggest complaint about Terminator Salvation was when I saw it on Blu-ray, they put so much grain on the film that uh, it, it didn't seem to have the Blu-ray quality, but that's just me being daft. But I, I, I've always uh, liked those. Um, given the box office disappointment of the last stand, I thought it was called Salvation. Or was it named differently in America? Well, it says here, Terminator 5. No, I know, I know. Given the box office disappointment of The Last Stand. Well, it was called, 4 was called Terminator Salvation in the UK. So, they've lost me there. Didn't take a lot. Maybe they mean the the third one. No, they actually mean there's Uh, an action movie called The Last Stand, which has Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, 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 gotcha. Ah, oh, right. He's, 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 that was his yeah. return back to filming after uh, not being the governor anymore, wasn't it? Yeah, the governator. Yeah. Right. The governator. Right. Okay. Well, anybody want to speak up for Terminator 5? I mean, I it like that series. Matters what matters what they do again. Um, yeah. It it doesn't even really need Arnold as Terminator 4 showed that. No, they've wean- yeah, they've weaned us off him a bit now. They? It was yeah. interesting about John Connor... And the, I don't know the character's name, but the... Uh, um, yeah, the, his, the, if, his father character. Well, no, not, not John Connor, but the, the other character, the... the oh, uh, yes, yes. Not to give spoilers, but the played other character... Played by the man out of Avatar, yeah. Uh, yeah, out of Avatar, who's, who's, who's just wonderful. He really breaks oh, the slave in the movie. And that's oh. an amazing ending, and then the whole thing. So, I mean, they... You know, um, the the only problem is not if they had Christian Bale back playing John Connor for continuity. If they have somebody else playing him or something different, or it's just a Arnold Schwarzenegger as the Terminator film. Um, I had I had read something about that they're saying this goes back to the 1950s. Or something. So, it, if they're just, you know, again, it, it matters what they do. You know, I I didn't really like Terminator Three that much, but I thought Four was really excellent. Yeah, you know, I I thought it was really a, a downturn from from great from Terminator One and Two, which I think both of those are just utterly brilliant. Yeah, Sam Worthington, it was. Yeah, I wanted to mention his name because he, 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 he I thought he was excellent in it. Okay, again, let's very quickly move on. We're over the three-hour mark now. Uh, Think Like a Man 2. I'm just going to say a couple of titles now. Uh, Thor, 
the dark world. Well, um, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people go for that. Yeah, con- considering that I was expecting this to be stupid, the first one to be stupid and schlocky, and I was actually not looking forward to it at all. It ended up being the first, the best of the Avengers movies, well, they, of course, the lead up. And uh, although I don't understand, I'm trying to make a head or tail of, of the way they've written this. This is Game of Thrones and director Alan Taylor is calling the shots on the new Thor film, taking over from Kenneth Branagh. Chris Hemsworth takes on the role of Thor for the first time. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. yeah. Many of the key cast returning. It's like, well, hang on. Were you not there for he the first movie? <laughs> like, yeah. he, what the yeah, second he, one? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's taking a role on for the first time in the second movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. This is a notable new, uh, new addition in full-on villain mode is Christopher Eccleston. film was scheduled for a late October uh, 2013 release in the yeah. UK. I'm looking forward to it because just because the first movie made me a believer in like a Thor movie not being as stupid as it sounds. Yeah. All <laughs> oh, right. Because I I I gave it a skip for that, but I might on your recommendation I might try and get to watch that now. Are you oh, really? Awesome really movie. Sure. It's the yeah. Oh, <laughs> you'll like Heimdall a lot. Yeah. It's, you'll uh, like Natalie Portman a lot. Oh, yeah, she was yeah. fantastic. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But Hopkins is great. Oh, I love Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. Great as Odin. He, he's back. Yeah. Tom Hiddleston is back Wait. as Loki. But right. Dave, didn't you, didn't you see Avengers? The yeah, but but Thor came out before that, didn't it? Yeah. So how did you even understand what was going on in Avengers Assemble? Well, I know the character from comic book days. Well, I mean, you can okay. get my... I mean, uh, makes, makes, it even, makes it even better. Okay. To see uh, and there's also... Things, there's things, there's things in, in that the, movie that tie into the into, into Avengers is what we're getting at, Dave. Didn't, didn't like they have major him appear in Smallville as well? Was it Smallville he appeared in? Who? Hmm? What was the TV who? series where we, we, we oh. had um, the, some of the Justice League appear in? You, no, no, you mean... Well, they had... Um, Avengers, a TV show. Different universe. No. <laughs> Justice League is DC. Hold Dave back while, uh, while, while Darth slaps him. <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm stunned. Into some we, had a two, we had a two-part story <gasps> yeah. where we had Hawkman. That's, that's Justice that's Society. Justice Society, totally Justice different. Society within, within Smallville, which uh, is the great. DC Universe. Yeah. DC Universe. This is Marvel no, Universe. And Thor wasn't one of those. No, no Thor is Marvel no, Universe. But I know why you're confused. I know exactly why you're confused. You're confused <laughs> because... No, no. I'm you're confused, confused because the Hawkman legend contains an element of the Thor legend about it in that Hawkman carries... And Hawkgirl, for that matter, carries a hammer, um, hammer yeah. which is powered by a mystical substance. And... You know, uses it in much the same way that Thor does, but that is the only similarity. It's sort of superficial. It's drawn from a, a common mythological element, and that's about it. Yeah. Um, no, but Thor is Thor is is full on Norse mythology. I mean, really, if you study Norse mythology, you know they just people pull Jack Kirby and Walter Simonson and everybody just pulling straight from yeah. Norway, and that's what makes it seem like it would be such an unfilmable thing because it's so out there. But the glory of putting in charge Kenneth Branagh, who has a great appreciation of things that are Swedish and Norse and, you know, old English and everything, is that he was able to cut through all the bullshit 
and come up with something that makes literal sense. And that's what's scary sort of about the second movie is that Kenneth Branagh walked away. Now, yeah. I have I have great respect for the act the director that they put in charge and yeah. maybe because um Branagh was there and Branagh is such an actor's director, he was able to infuse his own enthusiasm for the legend and the stuff that is at the core of Thor, as it were. Um Maybe you know Hemsworth and other people will be helping you out. Set the template and, for it exactly for the first time. So, it uh, right, quite yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, thanks, but, off. Yeah, but yeah, I, can, uh, I mean, I I can I can completely understand actually why you're so. I and it never occurred to me, just because Hawkman is one of the most ridiculously screwed up characters in the DC universe. But I can I can quite see if what you had is going off of Smallville's. That right. that does look an awful lot visually, like um, Thor the movie. But honestly, you must go. You must get Thor. Uh, I will do absolutely. I mean, Kenneth uh, come on! I mean, he's just a fabulous director, and he's just pulling things from Natalie Portman and from Chris Hemsworth and from all these people that honestly, I don't think any other d- director would have been able to get out of them. Okay. Well, I think, and I want my diarist. Uh, Jeff, to mark that mistake of mine down to a point seven of a mistake with no yeah, yeah. help. Oh, and by the exactly. way, Dave, um, yeah? we're going we're to do a commentary on um, the the first Thor movie, Thor movie, just so you know. Okay. I right. like it that yeah. much. That we're gonna really? Do... Oh, wow. Okay. I, wow. I, I, well, I, I just went from thinking, really, we're going to put Thor in movies? Mm-hmm. How's that going to work? How are you going to turn this like yeah, you know, because yeah, superhero is one thing talking about you know I just thought there's no way this is going to work you remember the whole TV go... movie with Thor <laughs> oh god oh god okay so that that, that was that right. would give you fear yes yeah it's like and to, to go from that to, to, to this movie it's just like yes <laughs> that's what I yeah. you know it's, it's it's the expectations going in it really kind of make you go oh wow so, yeah. As long as they don't try to make Aquaman the movie. Oh, God. Oh, don't, don't, don't even start. Um, right. I, I, they, uh, they could have done Aquaman. It'd be fine. There'd be no problem with Aquaman. You just have to do it the right way. Anyway, moving on. Yeah, and Johnny LaRue's put in there, uh, just let's play there's no sequel to World War Z. Well, I haven't seen that, so I don't know. Can't comment on that. But, um, um, I think uh, it's good. Anyway, go on. Right, yeah. Uh, three Men and a Baby. Three. No. I want to see this. Oh. I've always huh? wanted to see this. <laughs> I totally have all. I never have understood why that didn't turn into a more regular series because it's got mm-hmm. you know at the time, let's face it, kind of the hottest men of that era of the eighties, and it was directed by Leonard Nimoy, showing mm-hmm. his, his he has great comic skill as a director, Leonard Nimoy, and I never understood why that didn't become you know one every two years because it's super cheap to make except for the salary of your actors. But the actors clearly gel with each other. Women would love to do the thing. You, you, you can go into three teenager. Then you go after getting three, married and uh, right. Three granddads and a baby, surely now. Well, who, who cares? They're still hot. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, honestly, they, they still they have that Yeah, I mean, Tom Selleck is good-looking man. I mean, he's he's a man's man. You know what I'm saying? You cannot ever be embarrassed going to see a movie with. Uh, you know, taking a date to go see a movie that's got Tom Selleck in it. It's just like Harrison Ford. 
Doesn't care. Yeah. You know, Harrison Ford can be seventy years old. He is seventy years and old. And he's freaking awesome in Blue Bloods. I mean, Tom I mean, Sonic you, is. You could totally yeah. pick this up with her. Is 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 is. Yeah. Well, a, a teenager might be a stretch, but you could definitely do the wedding one. You know, where she's she's getting married. You know. Yeah, it was going to be three men and a bride, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and then you could do uh, uh, three um, three men and a, a and a mother. You know. And and there could be her, about her having her her child and, and and then you know babysitting or whatever you know. There's ways to make it work. People can see it. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. it's not the worst idea. I mean, there's worse ideas in this list. <laughs> yeah, you put it out February. You put it out February for like a Valentine's Day release. Mm-hmm. Done. Done deal. Yep. Easy. Okay. And I don't know about Gutenberg, but Selick and Danson are always working still. Yeah. So uh, they're right. still really viable. Steve Gutenberg's probably begging for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, unfortunately. But Gutenberg is still a good actor. Whatever problems yeah. he's had in his career, he's still a good actor. Okay. So, uh, I'll take take one more, Ian, and then let you do the rest, because you, okay. you'll know how your time is. Uh, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy 2. Well, I, I yep. love that. Uh, I love the yes. original Spy people. Really so good. To me, that's... Uh, yeah, we're on board for that one. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm um, absolutely so on board, but I do have a question regarding the first one. If you're going to do a movie based on a book series, why start in the middle of the freaking series? They probably thought that was the strongest story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the coolest title, too. Yeah, uh, it's better brilliant. Uh, I've always had a strong affection for that. Uh, Ian, yeah. do you want to take over from with Transformers sure. 4 and then watch your time? Yeah, your uh, favorite trans- movie. Yeah, Transformers 4. <laughs> uh, still with Michael Bay attached. Uh, yeah. Uh, this one's going to stay in the same narrative field as the previous three films, unfortunately. Although it's a reboot of sorts, mm, meaning that they've killed off Shia LaBeouf. Oh, what? <laughs> Given that it's dispensing with the likes of Shia LaBeouf's character. Thank goodness. Yeah. Um, should dispense with them. Alpha did the first one. Uh, instead, Mark Wahlberg is going to take on starring Judy this time around in what's set to be the first film in a new trilogy, expected in 2014. Oh, dear Lord. I will watch it because it's Transformers, but I will probably throw things at the screen at the same time, like I did with three. Uh, <laughs> it was actually at New Year's Eve I watched Transformers 3. I watched... Uh, uh, Captain America and Thor. Thor was the best movie. And really, I don't really want to bring up Transformers 3. Anyone, anyone else? No? Yes? No? Moving. Triplets. Really? Yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger is working on, apparently, it's a follow-up to Twins. Uh, the plan would be to reunite Danny DeVito uh, and to introduce a third brother with Eddie Murphy mooted as a possibility. Ivan Reitman would likely be offered the chance to direct, although he's also involved in trying to get both Ghostbusters 3 off the ground. <laughs> uh, Triplets is vested in development for some time, though, and we wouldn't be surprised if it stayed there for some time longer yet. Twins was an awesome movie. <laughs> Tron 3! Um, love, hate, love, hate, love, hate. Where am I? After spending a small fortune to turn Tron Legacy into a hit, uh, Disney is continuing to press ahead with the 
further adventures. Uh, as of the end of 2012, Jesse uh, Wildhoe anyway, has been hired to take a stab at the screenplay and director Joseph... Uh, that's why you jumped off of this. There's too many people that this is pronouncing here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Three happy. words. Jeff freaking Bridges. Mm-hmm. Uh, given the hefty amount of effects work involved, we wouldn't expect from 3 to about 2015. Uh, uh, though at, um, at least the earliest. Um, actually, I, I would prefer that they channel all the money from this into the animated series, which is by far better. Right, give me the movie back. Give me the, the, the animated series back, which is looking more and more like it's being completely and utterly scuttled, which is a dang shame because, you know, just people, not people didn't watch it, and so, you know. At least you'll always have it on Netflix again. Yep, yep. I just got done watching it again, and yeah, man, I love that show. <laughs> that was my breakfast viewing with, with, with Tron. So. Thanks. I'll check oh. out the animated. I did not like yeah. the sequel. Did yeah. not like the sequel at all. Love the first uh, film. Bruce Bruce Boxleitner uh, voices Tron in in the animated series. How nice. <laughs> you mean the evil villain in the sequel? Yeah. yeah uh, well, yeah. It, yeah. It, 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 it tidies some things up. Let's put it that way. Okay. It tidies some things up. Uh, wanted two. Is it next? Two? Who knows? Who framed Roger Rabbit two? No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, no. Yes, time has passed. For me. Yeah, we don't even have that style of animation anymore. Like, I mean, we do, yeah. but we don't. But you know, it's well, it that Despicable Me two it, that's come out. That that that's better than Roger Rabbit. That's two and a half D. But I mean, who framed Roger Rabbit? Awesome movie. I don't I think it had anything to do with. And, it's I mean, great for two D animation. But the point is. How many years again? And that, right. you know, it's like it's it just it, it it's gone. And and of course, um, what's his name is that retired? Uh, Bob Hoskins, yeah. Bob Hoskins yeah. is retired. So it's like, and you can't do it without Bob Hoskins. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, the woman in black, Angel of Death. This is the Daniel Radcliffe remake. I was trying to mm-hmm. remember. Right. Yeah. Which I heard wasn't that great. It's been mentioned in chat already. Uh, World War Z two. <laughs> it's only just come out, so, and this list was already made. Like, ooh, you know. So, yeah. well, I think we'll still wait and see on that one. Um. Only comment I'll make. I mean, I've heard some good things. Uh, is just the interesting fact that it's Mel Brooks's son that wrote the book. Oh. Max Brooks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's gotten it's gotten reasonable reviews, so uh, I don't know that I got a problem with it getting a sequel. It's supposed because it it needs a sequel to finish the story. I mean, I mean the not, whole idea is sequel for sequel's sake. But when it says World War Z, they've chosen the letter Z. Presumably, it's the last war ever. No, it's for yeah. uh, World War Zombie. Zombie, oh. yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was Z because it was the, the last letter of the alphabet, right? Someone needs to there watch trailers. <laughs> yeah, <there you> <laughs> <go>. <laughs> but no, I think, I think it's going to happen because narratively it needs to happen. 
speaking as someone who's read the book, I say, hooray for the movie for pretty much following the book pretty darn well. Already, uh, Wreck-It Ralph 2. Um, hmm. Love Wreck-It Ralph. If you have not seen Wreck-It Ralph, see Wreck-It Ralph. Fantastic movie. I just don't know if it's people in it. You know, it's one of those movies that quite nicely wraps everything up and becomes, you know, everything's fixed. Uh, so, yeah, it'd be interesting if they, if they came up with something else, you know. We're showing the first film at my library on July uh, 13th. Movie, it is. And if you if you don't have if if you know if you get the Blu-ray too, there's um. If you Could you double the on the Rolex? You get you get the Nerdist popping up with all these fascinating facts and, and little uh, Easter eggs in the movie, like you know some of the graffiti on the walls and things like that that you should look out for. It's great. Um, uh, which I think they took a, a, a kind of leaf out of the, the Muppet movie um, Blu-ray, which kind of does that too. This stuff that happens if you pause the movie, which kind of in a way, is difficult because the whole reason why you're pausing the movie is so you can go do something else. And then you're like, hang on. <laughs> I want to see this set. So, yeah. But Wreck-It Ralph 2, well, we'll see. See what kind of story to come up with. Anyone else? The X-Files 3. Yes! It better be better than the last film. The first film I liked. Have you not seen the yeah. I, I mean, you know, as, as somebody whose experience of X-Files is 100% in the movie theater, I quite liked X-Files 2 better than X-Files 1. Because I, I didn't need anything. I felt like the whole time I was watching X-Files 1, I'm like, I know that that must be some reference to something in the TV series that I've never seen before. And it just felt like I was being pulled in a direction other than where I should have been as a moviegoer. Whereas X-Files 2, I felt like I got everything out of it that I needed to get out of it. Yeah. I think Abe would rather... Sorry, go on. I was just going to say, X-Files 2, although I I didn't follow up on this instinct, X-Files 2 made me want to see X-Files the series in a way that X-Files 1 didn't. Ian, would you rather they spend the money on a Warehouse 13 movie? <laughs> I don't know if Warehouse 13 is is movie, is movie capable, but yeah, well, I, I I doubt it. Wrong. No, because it's got too much of the uh, SCP syndrome. A what syndrome? Um, you know the thing that Mike does in Radio Free Camelon, the SCP stuff. Um, security containment protocol. Right. Um. But anyway, uh, moving on. Yeah, we have to move on to time. Yeah, a movie that I am really looking forward to because of uh, what they did. But the first one, uh, X Men: Days of Future Past. Oh yes. Follow up to uh, X Men: First Class. Oh yeah, and do just who thought that ever two Days of Future Past. Absolutely. 
everybody in the world in it. Everybody jumps up and goes, yes, yes, please. And apparently Patrick Stewart, uh, well, uh, Hugh Jackman, Patrick Stewart, Andy McCallum. Apparently. So, and Halle Berry, I've heard. Oh. Mm. So it'd be, it'd be really kind of nice tying it into. The, no, it's the, it's more than apparent. It's definite from Patrick Ian. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, the time that this list was done, that was yeah. That's definite. Uh, so I don't think oh, there's any argument there. They've they've had shots of uh, Hugh Jackman on the set. I'd like to have shots with with Hugh Jackman. <laughs> I like his line in the bar in the, <laughs> the first Days of Future Past. That was amazing. I mean, at first X Men, uh, right? You know, uh, first, uh, first class. Yep. Yeah, that was great. I want to watch it again now. <laughs> I don't think my wife is actually watching it yet. Maybe I'll get it once. So. All right. Triple uh, X: The Return of Xander Cage. The diesel again. All right. Well, we're finishing this off with a fizzle rather than a bang. I mean, yeah, but I mean, You're if he's there in, too. It's, it's, no, but I mean, just going back to that, I mean, he's in three franchises then, Riddick, Fast and Furious, and XXX. I mean, for perhaps mm-hmm. somebody who might be thought of as a limited actor, that's pretty good going. Doing all right. I was actually talking about the next movie. Like a fizzle. Anyway. Yogi Bear, come on. Yep, Yogi Bear too. Uh, Zombieland 2. Better than the average sequel. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, finishing on bottom, Zoolander 2. Absolutely on board for Zombieland 2. Couldn't get unmuted in time, but I love, (laughs) love, love Zombieland. Just hold on to your Twinkies. Well, it says on here, uh, uh, Director Ruben Fleischer has uh, admitted that the chances of the uh, one suggested Zombieland 2 uh, happening are in decline, uh, although he refused to rule it out altogether. Uh, whether the news that Amazon is making a TV series based around the movie will help it or not remains to be seen. Uh, best file, this one on very long shot, though. And of course, you know, Ben Stiller looks finally set to make Zoolander 2, and we don't care. Uh-huh. All right, that's the list. We did it! Hooray! And we just, I think, according to the text chat, we've broken a record. No, we haven't. Uh, there is one oh. longer one. I've checked. Uh, but thank you, Jeff, for doing that. <laughs> should should just that, say, keep going. <laughs> uh, just to say, by the way, that um, if there are people, we've, we've mentioned uh, World War Z then, just to mention that the media outsiders uh, with Logan uh, tonight at um, 10 p.m. Eastern Time is uh, talking about World War Z. As usual, he'll probably do one of his spoiler-free reviews, and that's call ID 81865. I'm going to ring off now, guys. Great okay. show. Yep. I think we're done. Yep. Have a great week, Cobo. Right. Cheers. I'd like to thank everybody for joining us. Uh, of course, catch us next week when we will be uh, looking, revisiting the Sixth Doctor. Not me, the other one. Uh, so join us for that. Dave, any parting words? No, but uh, since you had to restart X-Lite, if you can't play the outro, I can play it. Well, then, like, I should be able to. If not, step in into the breach, sir. All right. As I said, join us next week, and uh, thank you all for joining us, and we'll see ya. Uh, until then, it's goodbye from Mr. Dave AC.
And it's goodbye from Dave AC too. No, goodbye from Ian, the sixth doctor. <laughs> That's his third mistake. Goodbye, everybody. Dave AC, Timing. Bloody outro. <laughs> Timing. 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 With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.